0: Figure out my family polygonometry. Polygonometry. Who probably need a PhD polygonometry? Polygonometry. Oh, it's the math of my family tree. The map that leads to my pedigree. Oh, it's the math of my life. Polygonometry. Hey.
1: What's going on, all you broken hearts and contrite spirits out there? You're listening to polygonometry. This is a podcast where every Sabbath day, unless you're Jewish, there is a conversation about growing up as old school Mormons. It's the episode you've all been waiting for. It's the episode about asking and receiving. This episode structure can be credited to the book of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 7 through 8. Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and ye shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. For everyone that asketh receiveth, and he that seeketh findeth, and to him that knocketh. It shall be opened. So, you've knocketh, asketh, and you've even seeketh. So, now it's time to open up and receiveth. It's the Ask and Ye Shall Receive episode. So, as many of you have undoubtedly heard, I have been asking the listeners to send in questions that they'd like to have answered on the show. We've had 14 episodes so far, so there's a lot of material to sift through. So, my favorite English muffin and fellow provocateur, Fraser McMinn, will be taking on the responsibility of asking the questions sent in by the listeners, and I'll do my best to answer them. Like I've said in nearly every intro up until this point, no question is out of bounds. And as you'll soon find out, my favorite red coat is not one to shy away from mixing things up. This episode is full, raw, and uncut, just like Fraser. So, I, am I an expert in polygamy? Nope. Is Fraser an expert? Not in the slightest. Is it going to be a good time? You gosh darn heck it is. It's the Ask and ye Shall Receive episode. What's up, dude?
2: What's up? But Do you know what's really horrible? I just realized I don't actually own a red coat. You don't like I should go out and no, I don't own a single one, but I feel like next time I come to the States, I should just wear a red coat and it would the the irony would be hilarious. I think
1: that'd be great. You'd get a lot of, uh, you get a lot of really interesting reactions. I feel like.
2: Well, as soon as they find out I'm English, they'll be like, Oh, and I noticed you're wearing a red coat.
1: Well, if anything, (laughs) so what you could do actually is you could bring your red coat instead of having the white like cross like bands or whatever you just like paint them mm. blue and then people will think that you support Trump
2: uh well I mean that's not entirely wrong it's very wrong <laughs> <laughs>
1: cool so basically um, like the way that we're going to be structuring this episode is just asking questions one after the other simple and q a or now that we've called it asking ask and you shall receive a simple a and ysr so
2: yeah and also as you've already pointed out at least three times, I am English and (coughs) I was a born atheist, I should say. I I don't have any affiliation with religion ever. So all these things are genuine questions that I have other people I've asked that have. And um, yeah, so it's going to be a lot of times I'm probably going to have to be like, please explain more of what That means, because I just have no idea. I've never been to church, so I don't even know anything about. Dude,
1: I your your background versus my background and how intense could not be further apart. I know, and I think that's the part of the reason why we work so well together is because you and like we balance each other out. Like you're the yin to my yang a little bit. Where Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm I'm in the same boat. You are currently, but just from pure background standpoint, it is just so unbelievably different. Yeah, um, well, you
2: were telling me, like, all stories about like, being a kid growing up in the church and, you know, what your weekends look like. And I was just like, yeah, no, I, not once. I don't have any, I can't relate to you on anything related about that. So I you, not so you,
1: you mean to tell me that you did not choke down bread floaties in random glasses of water every Sunday? Um, I
2: mean, in my late teens, maybe. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> you dabbled with it? No maybe i mean i like bread i like wine does that make me the messiah no it could be here to say it could be but
1: i mean the wine has to be from your own vineyard and of your own make in order for it to be like legal religiously yeah i do
2: know that in england this is what i've heard that um they probably do this in the states as well but they don't give kids wine they give them like ribena like squash like juice and it's just like just pretend oh that's dope well, yeah, I mean, uh, sacrament.
1: Um, sacrament. It, it, technically, sacrament is all about pretending, anyway.
2: I mean, well, yeah.
1: <laughs> so, I mean, what's ste- what's a step further with the kids with grape juice? That's cool. Like here, down this I mean, shot of Welch's.
2: <laughs> yeah. Okay. Right. So we have uh, we have a bunch of questions that um, uh, people have messaged you, some friends that I've spoken to that have had questions because it is a it is a pretty interesting background you have. Um, I mean, hopefully I thought, I thought it would be fun to start off with a couple of Mormon jokes. (laughs) You ready? All right. All right. Let's, let's hear them. All right. These, these are bad Mormon jokes I found online. I'm (laughs) going (laughs) to, okay. I'm going to ask you the question. I'm going to, I'm going to give you the setup and I just want to see if you, if I get the punchline. Yeah. Your comedic genius brain. Oh God. Can get the punchline. Okay. So there's a lot of, um. There's a lot to play for for here. Okay, yeah. okay.
1: Let's 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 hear okay, the first it. First
2: one. Did you hear about the Mormon cat with a speech impediment?
1: <laughs> oh I don't know. I mean, no, I haven't. He had nine wives. Oh my god. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: <Dude>. <laughs> okay. That's, that's, uh, that's decent. That's a solid six out of 10.
2: Yeah. Um, (laughs) this one, this one's kind of funny. I don't think you'd get it though. Why do Mormons think Christ's second coming will be in America?
1: (laughs) Uh, no, I don't know.
2: Because they think he will end their misery, Missouri misery oh
1: god okay that one sucks that's a (laughs) that's a i mean i see how it works because we talk about like in america like oh yeah i have to go to missouri oh you mean misery (laughs) right so i mean that's definitely something that is said so as far as that joke is concerned solid 1.5 out of 10 okay (laughs) i'm giving my i'm giving my Uh, live joke ratings as i just can't understand the joke (laughs) (laughs)
2: <laughs> oh, this is an English one. Oh, well, this is the last one we'll do before we actually ask some proper questions. Only because it sort of relates to me a little bit, but it's not very good. Okay. What do Brits call Mormons? Oh, yeah, I don't know. Knock knock blokes. <laughs> it's not even good.
1: <laughs> yeah, that one sucks too. <laughs> it sucks. <laughs> knock knock blokes.
2: Oh, okay, all right. So let's get uh let's get started with some questions. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's do it. Okay. I'm so all excited too. Right,
1: so, and also, you. What I'm, I'm so excited. This is awesome.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, it's gonna, it's gonna be jokes, man. All right, so the first one, um, is uh, what age this is this from an anonymous listener? Uh, okay. what age did you realize that maybe the rest of the world wasn't the same as you? That's kind of good. Um, huh, yeah, okay. I, I think, I think what they mean is, uh, I, I polygamy in general, sure. or just that sort of background.
1: I I think I can speak for other uh, folks who grew up in the same community that I did. Mm -hmm. Um, We were always told, like, you are different. And that difference means that you're special. So the idea that, like, I mean, the age at which we started to realize, like, oh, not everybody lives polygamy I guess is another way mm-hmm. to rephrase the question. It's, is fairly, mm-hmm. it's fairly young because we were always, you know, being taught about like the folks, uh, who, who don't live the principle, right? It was always talking about the principle almost. And so like one, it was, you know, maybe five, six. So like kindergarten, first grade, I don't know what the mm-hmm. equivalent, uh, term is in Britain. Um,
2: yeah, we, we yeah, it's called nursery or year one, but it's... Okay, yeah, same so
1: same thing. thing. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah, right around that time where, I mean, because you go, like, with your parents to the grocery store and go out shopping mm-hmm. and go on trips and, like, other stuff too. Um, it's not like we're completely locked away in Pinesdale and we don't ever see anything until we're, you know, 16 or something like that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, you walk around and you see people with, you know, their, they have tattoos and they're... You know, they're wearing short sleeve shirts and it's like,
2: is that, is that that quite a no-no then like tattoos? Oh
1: yeah, no, for sure. No. And I think that's part of the reason why I have tattoos. (laughs) Oh yeah. I was, I was going to say, was that part of your like, it was one of those, like, I got to get, I got to get inked in order to feel different. (laughs) Um, Maybe a little (laughs) bit. Um, But all of the tattoos that I have are, are significantly um, important in their own, hit in like way i yeah, guess yeah. there's a story behind all of them or whatever but i don't want to talk about tattoos mm-hmm. the whole time but i think mm-hmm. like getting back to the question of like you know we always realized basically when your working memory starts to when you start to remember things yeah. more often mm-hmm. um that's when we started to you know be told like hey yeah you know you're different and you're special and therefore you are god's chosen i mean we got harped on about being god's chosen people all the time um so yeah. So realizing um, that that's we were really different. really interesting. Yeah,
2: yeah. So, so yeah. So you, you were always aware that you were different. But was it like a um, we're aware that we're different, and how lucky are we? Yes. To have been born, mm-hmm. fortunately, into this people.
1: Well, maybe not. I think the gratitude of that was kind of absent in its own way growing up Mm -hmm. it wasn't like oh man how lucky are we to be born into this you know principle or whatever it was like nah it's all good this was meant to be (laughs) you know what I mean it was a lot more there's a little bit more arrogance as opposed to gratitude in my opinion and I I I mean there's people who probably have a different opinion than me obviously but yeah that's kind (laughs) of how I feel about it
2: that's cool um yeah it's just it's crazy um was so was that at school or was that like your family just saying, like, uh, or was it just everyone? Oh, like well, yeah, just reminding you that you're yeah. something special.
1: Yeah, because at the school, the school that I went to was owned and operated by the AUB. And so mm-hmm. whatever the AUB was spouting out during meetings and, and from the council and from, you know, the prophet and everything would mm-hmm. trickle down very streamlined yeah. into our lessons at school. I mean, we prayed before every morning, like in the morning, we would pray mm-hmm. and we would pray mm-hmm. over our meal at lunch. Um, yeah. And and that kind of thing. So the, the religious aspect was, you know, one of the biggest things like during school anyway. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't until after you left Pines Academy after sixth grade, and you either had the choice to go down to Corvallis for public school for seventh grade mm-hmm. through high school, or um, some kids chose to do homeschool. And I did homeschool uh, for seventh mm-hmm. grade. And then my first year of public school was eighth grade. Um yeah wow well so um you just um you touched on something that
2: would be a good time to ask it now actually because there is a question coming that was supposed to be coming up about that okay because you've mentioned on the podcast um we hear the uh, well the acronym um aub and sure. uh, LDS. yeah um so LDS, i'm just gonna obviously assume that means latter-day saints yes yes you got it and so is that the um is is that like the Mormon is that is that like the Book of Mormon Mormon church? Yes, is that like and the so main when, one that we know
1: about. <laughs> yeah. So when you he, when you say the Book of Mormon Mormons, I always have to remember like, okay, so there is the Book of Mormon, like the actual little book, <laughs> yeah. and then there's the Broadway play, <laughs> The Book of Mormon. Right.
2: So now I only I don't I'm a Book of Mormon freak. And I love the book, of the, the Matt Trey, the Trey Parker, Matt Stone back book of Mormon. Yeah. The play. <laughs> that's what my, yeah, the play. That's what my mind goes to every time I see the book of Mormon. Yeah. And there's a few times I've asked you things and I, I'm talking about the play and I can see you, I can see your kind of screws kind of going like, oh no, 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 not the actual book. <laughs> the <play."
1: laughs> yeah. Cause like when you ask me like, okay, so what do they mean when they say this, you know, in the book of Mormon? And I'm like, <laughs> Wait a second. What book is he talking about? What verse? Which, which is he talking about? Abinadi or Amulek? Like, I don't know. <laughs>
2: okay. So, um, so, so basically, uh, the question is really, can you please, um, explain to us the difference between LDS and the AUB?
1: Okay. So this is a very quick history lesson and I'm probably going to get some dates wrong. So I'm going to apologize in advance. Yeah. Um, so the LDS church, what is colloquially, is that the right word? Colloquially known as the LDS church is the mm-hmm. church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, Salt yeah. Lake, missionaries, name tags, uh, white shirt, black tie, you know, uh, BYU. Like when you think of Mormons, the first thing you, you think, think of, of is you yeah. think of either the play <laughs> or you yeah. think of the The main institution of the LDS Church or the Mormon Church, um, mm-hmm. Temple Square, uh, the Mormon Tabernacle Choir, right? Like all of these things are associated with the LDS Church. The LDS Church, the uh, the AUB is actually a branch off of a branch off, because in the late 1800s uh, there was this split because uh, well, there. I mean, it kind of depends on on who you talk to, but. If you're a believing Mormon, um, uh, the faith kind of like lends you to believe that it was divine intervention to stop living polygamy. Mm -hmm. If you look at the historical context, Utah was trying to become a state at that time because they had Deseret territory that turned into Utah territory, which Brigham Young was the governor of. um, And they were trying to become a state. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: In order to get like federal funding and representation from the you know, U S government to be a state. They, the, like the U S government basically said like, Hey, like we know what you guys are doing out there in Salt Lake city. Like, don't try and pull the wool (laughs) over our eyes. You guys are living this lifestyle of a bunch of wives. So Mm -hmm. either cut it and then we'll give you the money and the support and everything, or you guys are going to remain a territory. And so they kind of molded over and decided they would like money a little bit more than they like wives. And so they decided to, uh, to abolish polygamy. That was late 1800s, and then um, so that's
2: the first branch off.
1: That's the first branch off. Yeah, so it yeah. goes from, and now this is where it starts to get a little a little squirrely with the acronyms. So that that split, mm-hmm. um, that split turned into the stayed the LDS Church, which eventually grows into Salt Lake City, Book of Mormon, you know, missionary yeah. work, whatever. Yeah. I call that the mainstream LDS Church, right? The main okay. line. The branch okay. off turned into the FLDS Church. Because there was folks at the time of that split who said, wait a second, Brigham Young, you know, used to live polygamy. He had, you know, 56 wives or 48 or whatever. Um, Mm -hmm. And they were like, well, this is a divine thing because Joseph Smith lived polygamy. Like, this is a divine thing, so we need to keep it alive, right? And then the other people who were like, no, but we need to listen to the prophet, and the prophet says, stop, essentially turned into this giant rift. And then... The FLDS Church split again. Um, I mean, they have so many splits. Like even back, like in Ohio and Missouri, and and all this different stuff. There's so many different branches offs of of the Mormon Church. Like the Strangites. That's another crazy one. We don't have to get into that one, but mm-hmm. um, it split off like into this. Council of Friends type of stuff, and it eventually turned. Yeah, I've heard you
2: mention about the Council of Friends, and I just in my head it looks exactly like the Justice League. You know the (laughs) Hall of Justice. You know the Hall of Justice. (laughs) Like that's er, like I've heard it a couple of times now on the podcast, (laughs) and that's the image I get.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's amazing. (laughs) Someone should write a comic series of the Council of Friends, just like debating. it, it, it,
2: It must. That must already be a thing, surely.
1: I mean, maybe. I mean,
2: if you looked, yeah, we'll not, have to we we'll should, have to do um, some digging. We'll, we'll say this right now on the podcast. If not, we've trademarked it. Right Boom! Now. Yeah, it's ours. <laughs> Intellectual property. Yeah. <laughs> um, so
1: yeah, it basically turned into the AUB, which stands for the Apostolic United Brethren, um, and that's the group where I grew up. So yeah, yeah.
2: Um, okay, I, I hope get, that answers again, the no, question. No, no, it does. It does because um, again, me who's sort of. Um, just really, my knowledge of Mormonism really is the Book of Mormon play. What <laughs> is Trey Parker and Matt Stone? Anything Trey Parker and Matt Stone, that's the only thing I know about
1: Mormons. dum dum dum
2: dum dum Yeah, dum 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 um, Yeah, no, so it definitely helps, again, like me who doesn't know about all these splits and all that. When I hear, you know, I get, you know, all these things thrown out, like the LDS and the AB, it just makes things uh, make a little bit more sense. Sweet. Um, yeah, you just don't really... Uh, cuz you know like catholic or well, like christianity catholicism like it's just it's a bit like there's definitely sh- like splits on the more mm-hmm. but um yeah no it's uh it's really interesting all right so we got a question here from uh Oscar Withers in Bristol England
1: Oscar um, in Bristol Oscar Oscar in Bristol
2: um they sound like farmers down there
1: <laughs>
2: um And, uh, this question is sort of, uh, can you, can you read his question?
1: Can you read his question in a Bristol accent?
2: Oh, easily. All right. Hello. (laughs) Okay. Okay. (laughs) Right. Um, how realistic, I can't do it. How realistic does the book of Mormon act? Uh, how realistic is the book of Mormon to actual Mormonism?
1: Okay, so, so I'm talking about he's talking about so the play. he's talking about the play. He's talking about the play. Again, every again, every time I'm I like,
2: feel like, yeah, I know. I feel like there's going to be a uh, quite a few Trey <laughs> Parker, Matt Stone-based questions. But, <laughs> okay, um, all right, but yeah, how realistic is the play? To well, how good of it? Let's reword it a little bit. How what good? How good of it is it in terms of like a reputation of representing Mormonism?
1: Okay, so I saw the play. Um, It was actually one of the first dates I went on uh, with my partner uh, in Salt Lake City. So we saw the Book of Mormon in Salt Lake City. And it was one of the most magical experiences of my entire life. Like, it was so amazing. Because in the play, they're, you know, one of the young women who, uh, if you've never seen the play, essentially it's about these Mormon missionaries who go to Uganda for their mission. Mm -hmm. And uh, hijinks ensue. But uh, there is a musical number. It's one of the most powerful vocal performances I've ever seen in my life. And what's so great is that it's satirical. Uh, it's basically highlighting how much this young Ugandan woman wants to go to Saltale Lake Kasiti. You're right. <laughs> and yeah. when you watch that play and specifically that musical number in Salt Lake City, first off, it was a packed house in a theater, like one of the biggest theaters in Salt Lake. And it was so palpable like the energy because she's singing about how bad she wants to go to salt lake and everyone there is from salt lake (laughs) and so they're just like salt lake like singing along with this woman right it's
2: kind of of like hometown pride you know when like you're watching um it's like you know you know if you're watching like metallica or something it's like hello ohio and everyone's like "Ah." (laughs)
1: yeah he
0: said it he said it. he said we're from here
1: that's what (laughs) he meant yeah
2: is it the same sort of thing like yeah totally
1: yeah (laughs) yeah exactly so as far as the how accurate does it portray mormons in real life Mm. obviously if you know anything of trey parker and matt stone specifically south park or orgasmo or whatever Mm -hmm. it's heavily satirized like they're, but what's so beautiful is that they didn't just like hear about Mormons and then wrote a play. Like they actually came to Salt Lake City, did a ton yeah. of research, talked to a bunch of missionaries. Like they, I mean, they've said in numerous interviews, like they're obsessed with Mormons, like those two. Yeah, And it's just a fascinating thing. And so various musical numbers were so on the nose that I was laughing for three hours, I was cry laughing for three hours. It was so awesome like from,
2: from conversations i've had with you and uh, learning kind of what I've gathered about Mormonism, I think turn it off seems like that was that's exactly that what I was, was gonna, pretty much on the money
1: th- that's what I was going to reference too is like I mean yeah. if you've yeah again, for those who are listening like if you've never seen the play, there is a specific musical number called Turn it off and you can listen to the soundtrack on Spotify they're all on Spotify and they they're good songs because they don't actually give away that much of the story. You yeah. can like listen to them, enjoy it for the song that it is. exactly. So essentially the main character is having these doubts and these feelings that are uncomfortable. And so he goes to his fellow missionary companions and asks for advice. And they basically tell him to turn off his feelings like a light switch. <laughs> and they reference all these various things ranging from guilt to like homosexual feelings. And it is yeah. just so poignant and so, it's brilliant. It's just so perfect. And the only it's thing that so I can say good. about it, I mean, I would love to play the song, but I don't want to get sued. No. <laughs> so, <laughs> again, um, yeah, like it's one of those things <laughs> that is just so beautiful. And so, as far as like uh, rep- representating, re- representing actual Mormons, if you were to take specific aspect or aspects of Mormonism and then just hyperbolize them, like just overly mm-hmm. like represented them, then that's what it would turn into. Um
2: I do think though that, um, Trey Parker and Matt Stone, I think have, they did bring Mormonism, uh, to a wider audience. Cause I didn't know anything about Mormons until it was referenced on South Park. I didn't know anything <laughs> about Mormons. You, you know what I mean? I, I had no idea. And then with the book of Mormon that I think, especially in England, cause I, I, no one really knew anything really about Mormons until the play turned up. Yeah, and then it was like, oh, this thing's brilliant.
1: Yeah, yeah, so good. So thank you, Oscar, for that question. That yeah, if you were to give me, if if the question was like, at what level of percent, I would say it is probably seventy five to eighty percent accurate. Like the fact that uh, <laughs> Elder Cunningham is like this guy who's like feeling like he needs to prove himself the whole time. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's I would say that's pretty accurate elder price kind were of you, having this arrogance. Were, um, yeah
2: when you were in church were you
1: more of an elder price or an elder cunningham oh elder price for sure oh piss off no you weren't no yeah totally no el- no because there is <laughs> there is this level of arrogance right like oh true okay i'm not talking about like i'm not andrew rannells like i can't <laughs> no no that's we'll not stop, the comparison we'll stop pretending
2: to be <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah no i wish but uh, yeah. no, I was definitely more of an elder price for sure. Thinking like I all had it together and I'm like, I am this special person and it's all up to me. It's like
2: a question just for me. Do you make all your guests sit naked while they do the podcast? Is it just, <laughs> oh, fuck is it you.
1: Just me? <laughs> there's no video. Okay. There's so, no video com, uh, companion to this podcast yet. Exactly. So. so
2: they've just got to, um, see, I'm bringing the sex appeal to the podcast. Cause now you've got my accent and now they're imagining me naked. It's, is it's, it's now. We've got the sex appeal. We've turned this. We've turned this podcast. <laughs>
1: we've turned the podcast from rated R to rated X, real quick. <laughs> yep, yep.
2: <laughs> um, yeah. This is a. Um... <laughs> All right. So this one's from Christopher Forte. How many child weddings have you been to? <laughs>
1: <laughs> I've never been to any child weddings, uh, and I. What's see- the
2: youngest? The, what's the youngest age wedding you've been to?
1: i have been that i've been to oh my god i would say the youngest i've like the youngest bride or groom that i've seen in a wedding yep. and, and attended their ceremony and everything well not the ceremony but the reception has been yeah early 20s okay yeah so, so not yeah so... not bad not bad and and the <laughs> i thing... was
2: I, I think i was expecting you to say 16
1: oh no i think no i haven't been to any that have been that young um, but, um, yeah, I would say that as far as like the young child bride t- sort of idea that, you know, has been <laughs> popularized by the infamous Warren Jeffs, um, yeah. good old uncle Warren, uh, <laughs> but, uh. Yeah, I, I I think this is just my personal opinion, but I think it's kind of dying out a little bit more just because, I mean, everybody has an Instagram. Everybody wants to post their pictures online. So yeah. if you like go to a wedding and the bride is 13 and the dude's like 50, like either you're mm-hmm. not taking pictures and posting on Instagram or it's not happening. You know, pics are didn't count.
2: Um, okay, so we have one here that is uh, from an anonymous listener. So I'm going to try and keep it as vague as possible. Okay. But... um. This person is from uh, Court Vallis. Okay, and um, they said, "What did teachers at Pines Academy actually tell the kids about us?" You have briefly mentioned this topic on a couple of episodes, and something that non-Pineys have mentioned over the years. Before oh. Pinesdale kids joined us in seventh grade, I remember a family saying, "Good luck next year. There's going to be about 20 Jessups joining your grade, <laughs> and you, you won't be, and you won't be able to make friends with them."
1: Oh, okay. So, in my experience, the teachers didn't directly tell us, like, everyone from Corvallis is a demon. It was never a uh, a blatant, outwardly, you know, apparent thing where they were telling us how bad everyone down in Corvallis was. Uh, It was just kind of the feel of like, it just goes back to what I said earlier of being like, you are different, therefore special. And they are not part of this special belief system. So that means that they are inherently lower than you. Um, So there was this arrogance uh, that we had going down into Corvallis, into, uh, you know, public school where basically we knew everything about life, the universe and everything. And, that everybody who was not from Pinesdale therefore was lesser. And, you know, it definitely set us up to fail a lot of the time in social circles and in, you know, sports and friend groups and that kind of thing. Um, I definitely felt that. I definitely felt as though, like, I went down and was like, (laughs) God, whatever, these these people from Curve Alice don't even know what's going on. Um, And it definitely bit me in the ass a lot of times. Uh, just in eighth grade, because it's a culture shock thing too, right? Like you, you you grow up in this like very safe, you know, sanitized, almost like version of what life is like, because everyone around mm-hmm. you believes the same thing. You're related yeah. to everybody. They, you all look the same because you're all related.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: And then all of a sudden you get thrust into this public school where they don't pray before class, right? That was a huge mm-hmm. thing where I was like, I mean, I know they didn't and I was able to accept it fairly quickly, but it was definitely still one of those things where I was like, oh, okay, yeah. So it was one of those things I had to think about and then overcome. It's not, it was hard to overcome. It was kind of like a little hiccup in the road, if that makes sense. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. And um, yeah.
2: Yeah, that's, uh, that's really interesting. So when you said about culture shock, this is gonna, I've told you this before. So in terms of culture shock, I, I, I was 16 when I met my first Christian
1: that's and so then, that's so before and i just that's so weird
2: i and i need to promise like like so england i mean you know it, it has christianity but not a lot for the most part i would say we're a fairly non-religious country like we have total 100 percent separation from church and state first off like you just never hear anything about church or i think just being related in things like you know policy and, it just never yeah. gets said
1: i'm jealous and
2: um but yeah i was 16 and i'm sure before then i i met christians but it it was never said it was no ne- i was 16 when i started college when i met someone who she was wearing a crucifix and someone mentioned about it and she was like oh no i'm a christian and i'd gone 16 i was just it was just one of those things where i was like really
1: like <laughs> yeah what does that lower what? key t stand for
2: <laughs> yeah no it was it, I, I I was just it's your name Teresa. Like, yeah, no, but I kept on saying like <laughs> I remember just kind of being like, Yeah, but what like you don't you don't really believe in it though, do you? And she's like, No, yeah, of course I do. And I was I like you made me yeah, but, on I mean, but I was like, Yeah, but I mean come on, like you don't you don't really I mean that's you, you do it to keep your dad happy, I get it. She's like, No, 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 I and it blew I honestly just couldn't work it out because it was just one I'd never been around it. I I I'd never it was just never talked about. I mean, like, so you know,
1: weird. That's so I mean, weird to it me. it's
2: about in sort of a funny way, like... Um, kind of the, the like butt in, of the like jokes in, sort of stuff. Yeah, well, I think even in English television and even in, like, comedies, if someone turns up and they're religious, the kind of, like, the kind of point of them being in the show is that they're kind of the punchline. It's funny that they...
1: Oh, like, really? Yeah.
2: The, we have quite a few comedies where it's like someone will turn up and they mention something about God or Jesus. And it's like all the other characters kind of look at each other like, okay, we're with a psycho. Like, that's just kind of dude, how okay, dude. the perception is here. here.
1: Okay, so if that were to ever happen in America, there would be torches lit and pitchforks would yeah. be sharpened. Like, that. <laughs> that is so wild uh, dude, to me. I i tell you something that blew my mind. It was not been the last time
2: I was in the States, but... um yeah my, i think it must have been that it was a couple of years ago when i was in the states i was watching um we had the news on i think uh, was it charlottesville i know no it wasn't charlottesville it and it's something something happened something like you know tragedy happened in america so basically just a normal week and um <laughs> i would say fuck and, you but yeah <laughs> <laughs> and we um and i remember the newscast on the news and I, i'm pretty this wasn't fox i'm pretty sure this was like cnn I, it definitely wasn't fox news it was something else but the newscaster said to the viewers we are asking you all for your prayers for your thoughts and prayers and that was on the news and that like i couldn't get my head around it like oh because
1: news oh because
2: asking the public for your prayers to help people who just went through this like
1: That is so. That is so interesting to me because I like blew my mind. Yeah, because you. So you guys in Britain, like the way that you guys do news, is not this like catastrophizing, apocalyptic level of hysteria like we have in the US.
2: Here's the situation. Here's the here's the facts. Here's what's going on. Have a nice evening. Yeah, kind of it.
1: And it's that's the tone in which they tell you the news that's so I cool should, i should do it. yeah when you yeah. came
2: to britain I, I i think i put on the news for you it's like just watch what news is like in england no I'm i remember sorry. that I like,
1: yeah no yeah <laughs>
2: welcome to bbc news like it's, just, <laughs> it's like um what's the on our news we have so much like every now and again we'll get like a stabbing but for the most part it's like the swan's loose again, kind of like in Hot
1: Fires. <laughs> it's like,
2: because we don't have anything else. Nothing really happens. It's that is, rare that is the, something happens. That is the we most,
1: that is the most <laughs> British headline. The swan's loose again.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, we, there was, oh, <laughs> there, uh, KFC didn't have, a couple of years ago, KFC didn't have any chicken. And that was on the news. That was the that was the news. Like, it was like, I can't see a run out of chicken. And it's people literally on the news being like, oh, I'm so annoyed. Now I have to go to Burger King. <laughs> so. Oh, that's um, amazing. That's news in England. <laughs> that's, we, nothing really goes down. That's awesome. Um, okay. So um, we uh, we have another one here from Tim King in portland the windy city um what percentage of people around you in your adolescence were you related to
1: percentage okay holy shit. so i'm assuming that tim by the way tim if you're listening thanks for sending that in if you were to ask me like of everyone i knew and was in some sort of proximity People that i regularly saw how about Mm -hmm. in my in my daily daily life
2: regularly yeah so let's say from all right let's say up to when you're about 15 or so right okay daily life going to school hanging out with and all that stuff percentage-wise how many of those people you related to
1: i'm 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 very confident in saying like 85 percent 80 percent wow yeah I mean, it's not to say that like I didn't have other people like who I weren't mm-hmm. who I wasn't related to because I was in high school and just, I did I did sports, you know, and so I was like I
2: think it's just the pure mass, isn't it?
1: Yeah, just just overall statistical numbers. Like, yeah. ev- almost every single person who lives in Pinesdale, I am related to. Almost every single person. I mean, there's a few that I'm not, and even then, I'd be able to like do the polygonometry to figure out how I am. Um, yeah. But like, I am related yeah. to so many people in the area, and then also people in Utah. Like, like I lived in Utah, you know, for a few years after I graduated from university, and mm-hmm. I was at the climbing gym one time, and, and I see this girl come in, and she's bouldering and stuff, and she just looks so familiar to me. I, and, I, mm-hmm. and I was confident that I had never seen her in my life before. But that being said, it, I felt and knew in my heart that I was related to her, Right. Mm-hmm. So I had never seen her before, but I knew that I was. And so I like go up to her and I'm like, hey, I'm so sorry. I, this is such a weird question. And she points at me and she's like, you're a Jessup.
0: <laughs>
1: she told me that. And I was like, you're a Jessup too. And so we started yeah. doing the pligonometry to figure out how we're related, whatever, and come to find out she's my second cousin. That's crazy. Yeah.
2: You, we, should have, um, we should have really dug deep for this episode and named it Found Out in some weird way how me and you are related you know we probably (laughs) are because
1: because you've come from scottish descent right yeah yeah so yeah uh, yeah, same with me so yes i mean maybe maybe we're we're probably brothers (laughs) (laughs) brothers
2: two brothers (laughs) um yeah okay so uh we got another question here from a excuse me Akali Vickers from uh, New Hampshire, you know, as we know, the the Lone Star State. And um, <laughs> okay, was were you ever engaged to marry
1: one of your cousins? Oh no, no, I wasn't. No, I uh, no, not at all. But
2: this does touch up on a very common thread of questions that you must get.
1: Uh, no, I I personally was never involved romantically with uh, any of my cousins. Um I think in episode 3 the guest that I had on um she touches on her own personal experience of dating cousins and stuff. Yeah. Uh so yeah, I Remember that episode. So was the name Carly who sent in this this question? Carly Vickers. Carly. Okay, so yeah, Carly, if you wanted to listen back to episode 3, and I don't want to be too meta, like I don't want to promote my own podcast on my own podcast, <laughs> like that's like really self-serving, but just for a lot more context, yeah, my guest- Joe
2: Rogan doesn't do that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm bald and white. So, I mean, this is basically the same podcast. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, I never was involved with or engaged. I've never been engaged in my life. Um, I'm currently with a partner who I love and adore. And so I'm, I'm very happy that I am not related to my current partner. But, but that being said, there's probably a little bit of, I mean, just we're probably related. Way back. Like, my mom found out that she is my dad's eighth cousin twice removed. Jesus. (laughs) Like, after, and this was, like, recently, like, within the last year. And so, when she found out the news, it was kind of like this weird, like, almost, I don't want to say crisis, but, like, this weird thing that she had kind of, like, oh, my God, like, even, I, I couldn't even get away from it. Like, and then my dad being my dad, he is like, well, you're the hottest cousin I've ever seen in my life, you know? <laughs> so, so yeah, no, I, I
2: found out recently. Um, so I have blue eyes and I was looking at, a f- it was a list of facts about people with blue eyes and it turns out people with blue eyes all have one, like it's one common, they all share one common ancestor, like the blue eye mutation. Literally oh yeah. Can be tracked to like one person, me and my girlfriend both have blue eyes. So i've read that we were together we read it we just kind of looked at each other like ah oh, damn it i'm gonna i guess i'll move out <laughs> <laughs> well, it looks like we're done here
1: thanks yeah. Thank, thanks for um, the memories
2: okay so you were never engaged to one of your cousins but no. did you ever come on be honest did you ever have a crush on any of them
1: oh of course yeah
2: yeah grim
1: yeah I know. no no because that's i mean it's like you grow up and it happens in every elementary yeah, school yeah there's just people well, around that's you that's
2: what um that's what the the podcast that you're referring to um that's what she made quite clear was just like they're just the people around you and you're the same age
1: yeah and it just so happens to really be like that yeah. the, you're the you're related You know, and you don't think like the cousin loving thing when you're that age too. Like, I mean, you're, you're in elementary school. It's a, it's a playground crush. You know, you're, you're throwing rocks at him to tell him you like him type of stuff, you know? And like, I, I I mean, it never coalesced into anything for me, but I can't speak for everybody.
2: Yeah, no, absolutely right. I'm going to, um, I'm going to change it up a little bit. I found a list online, uh, that's got Mormon lingo 101. (laughs) All right. uh... I'm excited for this. Okay. (laughs) I wanted to see uh, if these are real because some of them don't really seem real, but they might be. So let's look at this one. So um, FHE, F H E. F-H-E? Why do you guys say H? Because it's our language, and you should respect that.
1: Yeah, but I mean, if we want to like really go down this rabbit hole, there was this one thing that happened like in the late 1700s that you know definitely separated us from you so it's kind of one of those things where you kind of have to let us spread our wings and fly i mean i know that you're still living in the american motherland but you know kind of doing i kind not do enough things i've told i've told you this as long as uh, same as everyone else
2: we let you win and we had <laughs> enough and we were like we're done we don't need them we're gonna thrive it's probably the-, the rest of the world we didn't need you guys we had everything else
1: well i mean it was probably the
2: sun for- still doesn't set on the British Empire.
1: <laughs> <laughs> to be honest, it was probably for the best.
2: <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> Do you also be really funny since the whole um, since the whole you know Trump. Am I pronouncing that right? Uh, no, no, Trump. actually,
1: no. You are pronouncing it incorrectly. It's actually D R U M P F. So it's yeah. Drumpf. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Um, he um, since since all that was kicking off, I've had so many Americans be like. Can you have a word with the queen and see if she will take us back? <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, I'll have a word with the queen. Charlie, yeah. over a cup of tea."
1: Okay, so Just F.
2: About, oh, so F. Hey, Big Liz. Have you thought about taking back over?
1: Big Liz.
2: <laughs> That's what I do. It, that, all British people. We love calling, giving a nickname. Like, everyone calls her Big Liz. That's awesome. It's good.
1: That's dope. She okay, so F. H. E. F. H. E. Yeah, I don't. I, I. I'm drawing a blank on that one, actually. Okay. Well, apparently it stands for
2: family home evening. Oh,
1: okay. Yeah. Okay. That's stupid. Yeah. I should have known that so, one.
2: So do you want to explain family home evening? Cause this is again, something I've seen about, and is it real? Is this yes. a thing that happens? Yes,
1: it is. Yep.
2: Okay. So g- give me a quick, a very quick run through of what.
1: All right. Here's my, happens. here's my elevator pitch about family home, home evening. A weekly meeting with your family where you basically have church just with your family. It usually happens on Wednesdays, I think. Okay. At least that's what I experienced. So what, like the dad would like lead it, mm-hmm. like or, and the mom too, or moms?
2: Well, w- moms, yeah. Yeah. Um. What and it's just like like Bible studies or just well, like together, Book Psalms? of Mormon
1: studies, but yeah. Yeah. Some Bible yeah. stuff, some uh, Pearl of Great Price stuff, some Doctrine and Covenant stuff, um, reading from the quad, yeah. <laughs> Right, this is this is a question I've just thought of right now and I need to ask before I forget it.
0: Sure.
2: Right. If they All right, so let's take the trilogy, shall we say, the Old Testament, the New Testament, the Book of Mormon.
1: Okay. Okay. That's just two. First off, that's just two of our books, by the way. Uh, whatever. Okay. <laughs> but if, first off,
2: which one of those do you think would make the best movie and which of the three would be the Empire strikes back? oh That's
1: such a good question.
2: It's a banging question. That's a banging (laughs) question.
1: I've never had that question before. That's the first time I've ever heard that. Okay. Old Testament, New Testament, Book of Mormon. I think the best movie would be the, um, ooh, it depends on what kind of movie you're into. Because if you're into like hardcore action and like dismal outcome, like Book of Eli type of stuff, then you wanna watch the Old Testament. For sure. Yeah.
2: If, you're into, if you're into murder porn, then yeah, what's oh, the Old yeah. Testament? Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. Ah,
1: totally. Dude. Old Testament for yeah. sure. And something that I will always adhere to is that the only... so Okay, so when movies come out that's based off of a book, everybody's like, oh, man, no. like the, It happened all the time with every Harry Potter yeah. film, right? It's like, oh, the book is so much better. The book is so much better, right? And you hear that. The book is always better than the movie, except for one particular movie. Charlton Heston's The Ten Commandments. The movie is way better than the book. <laughs> okay, like way better. The music is incredible. What they accomplished with the scope of that film—it's it's honestly one of the like if you if you were to watch Did you hear that, that, that movie...
2: listeners. If you're at home right now and you're listening to this in between the Bible studies, you're hearing it right now from Chris Jessup. Stop reading the Old Testament. Just watch, just watch the Ten Commandments.
1: (laughs) It was made in the fifties. It's a banging film. I love that movie. To be honest, I think it's great. Um, (laughs) Yeah. So I would say if you're into that kind of movie, then definitely the Old Testament would be the best movie. But if I were to ask in the heart of hearts, in my heart of hearts, I would say the Book of Mormon would make the best movie because it's just kind of new and fresh. Everybody, I feel. Yeah. 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 Exactly. So. As far as which one would be the Empire Strikes Back, I think that would honestly be, um, I think it would be, yeah, I think it would be the Book of Mormon. I think the the best one would be the Book of Mormon and the Empire Strikes Back would also be the Book of Mormon.
2: I agree with you there. Okay, Um, I'm going to give you another uh, lingo question. Sure. A Mia Maid, a Mia
1: Maid. How do you spell it? M-I-A-M-A-I-D. Mia Maid. Yeah, the fuck is a apparently mermaid? apparently
2: that's a name given to young women ages fourteen to sixteen. Like I said, I didn't think these were real. I just found them. I and, don't know. Uh, is that real? I mean, apparently, we, uh, and apparently, uh, apparently, a group of apparently a group of young women ages twelve to fourteen are called beehives. I have oh, no idea
1: I oh, have oh. Themselves. Okay, okay. So this is when you are going through. Um, basically the female equivalent of the priesthood. Um, oh, okay. Okay. So in male terms, because we're the penis holders, a.k.a. priesthood holders, uh, mm-hmm. you go through, like you get ordained into the Aaronic priesthood, you know, when you're 12, 13 years old, I think. Exa- uh, yeah, I can't remember exactly when. Um, and you get ordained as a deacon. That's the first rank, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And then you you grow a little bit older, and you learn more things, and you get ordained as a teacher. And then after the teacher, it comes to priest. Um, And then the deacon teacher priest kind of sums up the Aaronic priesthood. And then there's a different type of priesthood that's holier and more powerful called the Melchizedek priesthood where you go to elder and (laughs) it it goes on all the way to the prophet. So I don't know what the ranks are for the females because Mm -hmm. we just weren't told. Like that just wasn't a thing that we did. Like It's just kind Mm -hmm. of like a thing that just wasn't talked about.
2: Yeah, no, which kind yeah, of speaks uh, to a
1: bigger problem, in my opinion, of like not really understanding. Oh, know, absolutely! The female um,
2: plight—that's that could be very, very dangerous. Okay, we have um, another one here. Okay, so this is another one from an anonymous listener. Okay, um, a question for you personally: Did you ever? Feel like you did not belong to the community due to the sole fact that you only had one mum. Was there ever a time that you felt inferior, did not fit in, or wish that you would, or wish that you would have had a second mum? And on the flip side, did you ever feel like you were better than anyone due to the same thing? That's a very good
1: question. That's a great question. Um... So, shall we address the first
2: question first? Because yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. the first question of that was: Did you ever feel like you did not belong to the community due to the sole fact that you only had one mum?
1: Yes, yes, I you felt did. like I, I, felt like I didn't belong. I felt like I was not an outcast, and I think the only reason—no, nah, not the only reason. I don't want to, I, I don't want to paint with too broad of a brush, but I think that. Like, the fact that my last name was Jessup held a lot of weight. I think I've talked about that before, but, like...
2: Yeah, I I, I've asked that before. Yeah, yeah.
1: So, um, the fact that my last name had the weight that it did, I was able to kind of be accepted, even though Mm -hmm. I wasn't, you know, literally the son of a polygamist, right? Mm -hmm. I'm the grandson of a polygamist, but I'm not the son of a polygamist. Um, And that definitely... I think that definitely shaped like people's opinions, um, about my father in particular and my mother too. Um, and my mom's episode kind of jumps into that and I'm hopefully going to have my mom and dad episode. Yeah. And I'm going to be having uh, both my mom and dad sit down together on just an episode and just chat about it further. But yeah, um, yeah, I definitely feel felt as though I was an outsider for sure for not having a mom. And there was, there was, there was jabs, there was jokes and stuff about like, yeah, when you're, when is Chris you're- has only got one mom, Chris <laughs> has only got one. isn't that weird? Cause in every other, in every other school,
2: if it's like, Chris, ha- Chris has two moms, that usually means that's because your mom's a lesbian and yeah. Yeah. It's just, you're getting <laughs> teased about it. Yeah.
1: But
2: how weird is it? That- <laughs>
1: Think that <laughs> yeah, man, it's completely ridiculous. Yeah, no, it's it's weird. And so there was jabs, there was jokes and stuff. And when I was a little kid, definitely, like it was, you know, it was an ego hit. You know, it was kind of like I don't, that I don't like being made fun of. You know. And did you ever did you ever kind of have that conversation with your dad? Where you were you just like, Dad, what are you playing at? Like, go out there. Like, <laughs> <laughs> you can get out there, Dad. Come on.
2: Yeah. <laughs> These babysitters. <laughs> was, there that, was there ever that part of you that kind of was <laughs> like, Dad, what are you playing at?
1: Um, Only having no, the one. I, I never went up to my dad and was like, come on, dad, like the babysitters are ripe for the picking, you know, like yeah. it's not, it was never like that. I think I did ask him a few times when I was, you know, eight, nine years old, like, why don't we have more than one mom? Or why don't I have more than, why don't you have more than one wife or whatever? And the thing that he always said, and I also asked my mom this too, but the thing that they always told me was that we just haven't found the right one yet. And looking back and knowing their story now, that is the perfect thing that they could have said in that moment to me, like where I was in my development. Can you still hear me or did you lose me?
2: Yeah, yeah, I can still hear you. No, I'm still with you. Sorry. Okay. Just trying to turn off some notifications.
1: You can. Sure. Okay. Um, so yeah, they, they always told me like, you know, we're just, we just haven't found the right one yet. And at the time I was like, Oh, well that makes sense. Like we don't want to like have some random lady join our family. That's not cool. They're, they have to have this vetting process. Okay, cool. Mm -hmm. Um, you know it's like this job interview <laughs> they, have to, <laughs> they have to look at resumes first um yeah. but yeah look but knowing their story and, and looking back that was definitely the right thing to say um and and everything else but yeah
0: yeah
1: um yeah okay, there's a so few questions the, uh, with that one so there, yeah, let's move on to the next one with with within that giant clump of questions within that, that, that giant
2: actually. thing yeah yeah so um so to the fact you're in a the was there ever a time where you found inferior and did not fit in or wish that you did have a second mom. Okay, so we've just covered that.
1: Yeah, um, I, I never, I never so, so wished, I never wished to have another mom. You never wished. I was curious why we didn't, but I never wanted to have another one because I wanted my dad. Like, if my dad were to have another wife, that means that I have to split my time, and I didn't want that. I was jealous. I wanted to. He's like, no, he's my dad. Like, and all my siblings felt oh, the same yeah. way.
2: You know? Yeah, that's a, that's a good point. Okay, so uh, and then the end of this was on the flip side. Have you ever felt that you were better than anyone due to the same
1: thing? Um, I never I, felt what, better than I. I never felt superior. Well, I, I, to the, I
2: I. I kind of obviously this. This is a, an anonymous listener, and I don't mean to sort of, you know, butt into their question. But I kind of take the issue with the word "better." If we could rephrase that, because I, I. I kind of get what they're trying to get at. Sure. But the question, um, yeah, have you ever felt better than anyone due to the same thing? In, in not so much of a sort of an attacking sort of way. That question, basically, so I'm just, yeah. We'll okay, no, okay, thing, yeah, yeah, I got you, I got you. Not really saying that you felt better, but.
1: Yeah, okay, so happy, I, should we say. I never felt that I was superior compared to my polygamous relatives. No. I, I never felt that way. Because it was, the, like, the common thing was to be a member of a polygamous family, and I was the uncommon one. But that didn't turn into this inflated sense of self. So to speak, um, you know, I was, I, I, to be completely frank, like there was times where I felt like I was, you know, I was jealous, like, oh, they're living this, you know, they're living the fullness of the gospel and I'm not, you know, but then again, the feelings of being jealous of like, I don't want my dad to have another wife because he's my dad. and I don't want to split my time. That always outweighed the jealousy feelings of like jealous that I wasn't living polygamy, if that makes sense. Yeah, no,
2: Absolutely. I, a- I
1: wanted, I wanted my dad to myself. Yeah. Like me and my siblings, my, that's what I wanted. And that, th- that feeling was way stronger than feeling like an outcast. So, and I feel comfortable with that, you know? So, mm-hmm. yeah. and, um, also
2: just to, um, address something else that you said, that was, um, another question that we have was, um, about just having the surname Jessup, uh, how often did you feel like that maybe hindered you in some way?
1: Um, that has a lot of connotations within the local area. Some mm-hmm. of it is good and some of it is not good. Yeah. Um, there has been times where I've uh, been in job interviews yeah. around local businesses where I'm sitting down with, uh, with various, you know, you know, employers and they see my name on my resume And Mm -hmm. and I'm sitting down in an interview and they say, Oh, okay, so how are things up on the hill? Like, (laughs) you know, so it's a known thing and sometimes depending on who you are and how like what your opinions are about Pinesdale in general, it could be, you know, a good thing or a bad thing. You know, and I there's been times where I've definitely felt as though, you know, being a Jessup has hindered my employment opportunities. Um, And there's also times where I felt like it's been a good thing, you know, because Mm -hmm. like there's this work ethic that comes with being a piney because we're a bunch of blue collar folks and we're not, we're not afraid of working hard. And that's a good thing. That's a good thing to have. So like Mm -hmm. in the event that I wanted to go get a blue collar job, they're going to hire pineys. But if I wanted to go get a white collar, quote unquote job, then Mm -hmm. it might be a little of a hindrance. That's just, that's just Um, what I feel about it. I'm more than willing to be wrong about it, but yeah.
2: Okay, this is um, this is a really good question. I think this is the one that all the listeners really want to know. Um, fuck Mary Kill Joseph <laughs> Smith Abenadi Moroni.
1: <laughs> a fuck Mary Kill. So it was Joseph Smith Abenadi and Moroni. Yeah. Oh God. Okay. And I, and I will say that was from
2: a Fraser McMinn from Oxfordshire. Because <laughs> I, I mean, I don't know him personally, but I think they're the only three Mormon names he could think of at the time of writing. This. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, uh, fuck, Mary kill. Now's the point where people are like, anyone listening to this right now is like the volume's just gone up.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, I think and I also would. The
2: great thing right now is that while you're thinking about this, they're also thinking about. Yeah, me. dude. Okay, okay. Uh, <laughs> Please I, email in your answers.
1: I think I would marry Abinadi. All right, why? I would marry Abinadi because he was, he has a lot. Okay, so his story is essentially like there was this wicked king, and he was this pillar of light and and wisdom, and he was God's prophet, and essentially he was killed for it. He was burned at the stake. And so um, he, like, he stuck to it. You know what I mean? Like, he, he didn't falter in his, uh, in his belief systems at all. And so I feel that would be the best quality to have in a marriage situation to Abinadi. Um, as far as fuck or kill, I think, to be honest... This might be the most blasphemous thing I've ever said in my entire life, <laughs> <laughs> but I would kill Joseph Smith oh, and then I would, and then I would you're fuck Moroni. so lucky
2: you're out of the church now, dude. <laughs> that is, you're out of it now. <laughs> okay, okay.
1: And and there's a reason why. Okay. So Moroni, yeah, in the Book of Mormon, he, he's, again, he's one of the last people, like he's kind of this, you know, uh, I don't even know how to describe it. He's kind of like the Rambo almost okay. of of God's uh divine word if you want to call it that. I mean, he's not he's not like setting up booby traps in the woods to, and you know shooting an AK-47 in the air with his shirt off, but um he is also an angel. Who doesn't want a fucking an angel? Like what would I, what would a heavenly fuck look like and feel like, right?
2: I cannot agree with you more. Right, um, and then I often think about.
1: And then by d de- <laughs> and then by default of the game, fuck Mary, kill. Then I would have to kill Joseph Smith. I'm not saying right, I so need to. I'm not. I'm not saying that I have it out for Joseph Smith and I want to kill him. But that's yeah. just the way that the cards fell. <laughs> but, but that blonde hair and blue eyes. I mean, <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
2: um, Joe, if you're listening, we're sorry. <laughs> yeah,
1: sorry about that.
2: Um. Okay. So I've, uh, this is just uh, someone I've had, I've put, uh, put on my notes that uh, is sort of a question I'd like to ask you music. So okay. when you're like in the church, when you're sort of in your like in the church, like, but when you were like growing up and you were like heavily in it, what was the kind of music that you were allowed to listen to? Were you allowed to listen to anything or was it basically like the Osmonds?
1: <laughs> just the Osmonds. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So I remember feeling bad because I started to have this affinity towards hip hop. Wow. Okay. Like rap music. There was Mm -hmm. like, you know, you would turn on the radio while you're driving to Missoula or something like that. It's, It's just what's on. And there would be times where like, it was actually like when I started to feel this, this feeling was when I was able to drive right? Mm-hmm. Because if I wasn't able to drive, that means that whoever is driving kind of has like lordship over what yeah. music is being listened to. Yeah. And that was usually my mom or dad and neither of them like hip hop music um, or rap music specifically. Okay.
2: Well then before we go on to that, so what music were they listening to?
1: Um, they didn't really listen to a lot of music. Like it was just mm-hmm. kind of like whatever was on the radio. And so it was like, you know, you know uh, country was definitely like a big part of of the music scene i guess if you want to call it that and and I like get, what I we i guess listen to. music
2: they do they mentioned jesus and thank god quite a lot
1: yeah yeah out of all of god, the trucks and beer is a
2: message that anyone you know, can get behind you it. know
1: one of the one of the easiest jokes to tell in the world is like what do you get when you play country music backwards or you get your truck back you get your dog back and you get your wife back um, so <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, so yeah, I mean, I like versions of country music. What country music is now, I cannot stand, but that's just me. You know, it's, it's good for some people, but it's just not my thing. But yeah, I started to get into like Nas, you know, I listened to Illmatic. I listened to Illmatic for the first time and I was like, this is incredible. So in the church,
2: they weren't trying to like steer you away from that kind of music.
1: No, that's not true. So they actually did. They were talking about how like, this is not... You know, it's not holy music. It's not uh, inspiring in any way. So, like missionaries, for instance, have to get their playlists approved. I think,
2: mm-hmm.
1: like what they listen to during their downtime. And okay. I think you
2: know where we had that thing with the book a Woman, Every time when I say it, you think of the book. Every time you say missionary, I immediately only think about the position and then have to go. <laughs> oh no, he means. <laughs> <laughs> so when you said that I was like, what's that got to do with what we're what are about? you talking about
1: <laughs> why are you listening to Nas while you're having sex oh that's why <laughs> um, yeah so uh, yeah no it, I think what they have to do is basically it's not so much they have to get their own personal playlist approved but there are like approved artists that you can listen to like I think like the Osmond's Yeah, like the Osmonds. Um, But (laughs) that being said, nowadays, at least, I mean, I could be wrong about this. I more than likely am. Like I said at the beginning, I'm not an expert. But what I remember hearing is that the, the criteria that you need for an artist to be approved to listen to while you're on your mission is just music that inspires you to do good right okay and oh, that right. could that's quite be good that's right that, yeah. I think that's quite good. yeah 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 and so that could be a lot of different it can encompass a lot of different types of music right it could be like rock music it could be hip-hop well, it could I'm be country say, what about like heavy metal because and the heavy metal is is part of that too but loud screechy guitars hmm. is too punk man like it's not well I mean, it's I mean, too I mean, it's I too imagine. far against the uh, do okay so for instance rage against the machine like fuck mm-hmm. you don't you know like yeah we're not gonna you're not gonna be able to listen to that when you're on your mission no. right you can't like crank that up on your beats pill when you're in you know argentina and listen to you iron maiden bring your daughter to the slaughter like, i mean <laughs> i would have to venture against that that's not on the list no <laughs> <laughs> so
2: and they have yeah. like literally what is it was it i what so is it? it's even the trooper the chorus is just six 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 the number of the bees <laughs> like can you imagine two Mormons like sharing uh, like uh, sharing a set of headphones just like <laughs> <laughs>
1: that's exactly how it would work uh, that's funny yeah yeah that's
2: wicked that's so cool um okay so basically we've established that the osmonds um a great <laughs>
1: yeah no dude i mean okay so for instance so Donny Osmond is the singing voice of Captain Shane in Mulan. If you don't know, so let's get down to business. Right, that song is sung by Donny Osmond, and great song. If you've never seen the stage production of Joseph in the Technicolor Dreamcoat, Donny Osmond Mm -hmm. plays Joseph. Yeah, great, fucking awesome play. By the way, I think it's great. Mm -hmm. The way that they had like they took that story and just raised the production value was incredible um i also saw a meme uh one time you know the meme where it's like uh arnold Ar- arnold schwarzenegger's arm and uh carl weathers arm like that scene from predator where they oh, like hey, they, they clap their ends yeah. em- and their biceps are like bulging right and they have like two si- two opposing sides and then in the middle they have this thing i saw one where it was like arnold's arm was like hardcore believing christians and the other one was hardcore atheists, and the thing that the thing <laughs> that they agreed upon yeah. was yeah. Uh, the Prince of Egypt soundtrack. Yeah,
2: which is <laughs> which
1: is a banging soundtrack. Like regardless if you believe in God or not, it's dope.
2: I've seen I've seen one I've seen that meme that Star Wars fans, it's like uh, original trilogy fans, prequel trilogy fans, and the Clone Wars. Yes, is the thing they're agreeing over yeah, exactly same no. thing. Um, yeah, yeah, no, it's good. Uh, would you? Would you say Donny Osmond's probably the most famous Mormon bar Joseph Smith? I'm trying to think. Mitt Romney. Well, yeah, Mitt Romney, but, you know, we're not going to count him. Politicians <laughs> don't
1: count. He was almost president. <laughs> like,
2: he, I mean, was he? Okay, so,
1: fun fact. Fun fact, <laughs> Joseph Smith actually made a campaign at president. Did you know that? No way. I yeah. had no idea. Yeah, it didn't get that far, but, yeah.
2: <laughs> well, no. <laughs> I didn't know that. What, yeah. What, god imagine what his campaign imagine if he was alive now imagine that imagine oh. him against trump
1: just like oh god Ooh, who would win <laughs> who would win who would win the who would, sure. would, would seem re- like a nice guy who would win the conservative nomination joseph smith or trump it's probably trump i think it'd be trump
2: mm, probably yeah I mean, modern day conservatism a bit different to what it was back then that's true um okay so i got another one um so okay, this is a question we've got from Aiden Hare in uh Bonnie Old Scotland.
1: Oh, is this the Aiden I now? And,
2: um yeah, I'm kind of mushing up names. Okay. To kind of because okay. I don't want them to get annoyed with me. Oh, I'm just okay. trying to make I'm trying to mush up names so it makes you kinda of go, huh.
1: Oh, okay. I got gotcha. you.
2: Um, so this is from Aiden Hare. Oh, hello uh, in Scotland. And he um he um he asked that uh, hey guys have you ever considered hey guys have you considered having uh people who practice polygamy from other religions on your podcast
1: Yes I've actually it's had that thought question. it's a great question I
2: think yeah cuz that's I mean that's something we spoke about but you addressed it on um I think your your me uh 0.1
1: Oh, zero, zero one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah no, yeah. I think, um, I think, okay. So what thing, yeah. To answer the question, yes, I have thought about it and mm-hmm. I am trying to figure out a way that I can. I have some, I have some balls rolling in very specific areas that might, mm-hmm. might lead to something. Um, but I think it would be incredible to have someone. It'd be
2: really interesting because it's just completely complete different. Cause so, what, so we have, so obviously Mormons, um, if I can what get someone, are,
1: so- if I can get someone who has like a, a close proximity to like a sub-Saharan African tribe where that yeah. is practiced, yeah. I think that would be yeah. such an incredible experience to sit down with them and talk about it. Um, same thing with the more uh, fundamentalist uh, Islamic faiths. Um, mm. I think that would be a yeah. really interesting thing. Um, and just also there is, there's like other religious affiliations that aren't associated with Mormonism that practice a version of polyamory and like polygamy. Well, that's what I was
2: going to say. So you get a lot there. I mean, polyamory is uh, gaining numbers as the years go on. Yeah. Uh, There's more and more people who are into polyamory. Um, That'd be really interesting to have on the podcast because that's a bit more um, it's kind of anyone. It's not so much that it's like the man gets lots of wives. It's, it's all good within like, like women can have as many as they want guys can have as many as they want like it's um Free love, it's the same baby. sort of thing but it's just a complete it's just a it's just different yeah to make it like it'd be it'd be fascinating
1: yeah and i do have i do have a lead on that specific part um mm-hmm. and uh it's coalescing into something that i hopefully that hopefully will turn into something so well yeah fingers crossed i think that'll be um that'll be fascinating yeah, yeah
2: especially speaking to um yeah people from like uh someone who grew up from in like the Middle East or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would just be
1: cuz it's the same
2: story but from a different perspective yeah. in a way. Yeah, totally. You know, that's the um at the end of totally. the day that's uh that's kind of what it is. Um okay. I have uh, another question from Emily McCauley from uh Stratford-upon-Avon. Okay. And uh she asks um uh, what's the most amount of wives you've heard fra- that someone's had? Okay, so basically, yeah. So oh. what's the most amount you've heard someone have what, Well, had wives' time? Uh,
1: okay, so I think King Solomon had a ton. Like, bi- like uh, biblical... I, I w-
2: think this is more meant in like... Contemporary today, sense? Like now. Okay, yeah, for, okay, like, okay. you personally. Gotcha, gotcha. What's the most amount of wives you've known someone to have?
1: Even further in the future from biblical times... Big, uh, big' Young. Oh, Big M <laughs> Young. Yeah. Uh, no, Brigham had a brother. Brigham, I think he had anywhere from like 56, 48. I, I don't know. I, I think it depends on which historian you talk to, to be honest. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but he had a slew for sure. Um, and as far as people that I know or have like met in real life, six, I think, is the most. Six, you think? Six is the most, I think. Um, Warren Jeffs had a ton, had a ton as well, or still has a ton, I guess. If you want, because he's still alive. Um, and... Who is
2: Warren Jeffs? Oh, that's the name I've heard. Oh, okay. Not, so I, I don't really know who that is.
1: I wish that we had more time, but Good, okay. <laughs> good old Uncle Warren is the leader of the FLDS uh, group. shall
2: we put? Should we put a pin in this one?
1: Yeah, let's put a pin in this one for sure, because okay. I definitely think that he needs to have a little bit more time to explain his whole situation. Okay, um, good
2: because I think it'll be good because um, I say I've I've heard the name Warren Jeffs mentioned a few times, but again, I, I yeah. have no idea who that is. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, he's if you if you have a lot of time and a six pack of beer, he is the perfect thing to go down a Wikipedia page and like wow, click a bunch okay. of links. Oh yeah, man, it's it's real fascinating stuff, especially if like pecan pie.
2: Pecan pie. Yeah, yeah, pecan pie. Um, so yeah, six is the number I
1: think. 600. at least for me and there's there's probably a ton of people who are like what are you talking about those are rookie numbers you know but yeah
2: mm-hmm.
1: um when
2: you were very much in the religion mm-hmm. and part of polygamy um did you have did you think you were going to have multiple wives 100%. 100 percent. 100 100 even though your dad didn't
1: yep you you were yep Yep. I was, I was, about it to your buds. Like, ah, when I'm on wife number four, (laughs) no, no, I've explained this before, but like I, (laughs) at sleepovers, you know, when you like, Mm. you talk about like the juicy topic, you know, like whatever, whatever it is, you're talking about girls, you're talking about boobs. Right. Um, that was a part of it, but like the juiciest conversation that we could have was talking about how many wives we're going to have yeah like would you try and out do how, how, like, how many like how many are you gonna have? i'm probably gonna have three Well, i'm gonna have four <laughs> um no not really because most of the time you had you had put a lot of thought into it like for me for me <laughs> when i was a kid this is so stupid <laughs> thinking back to who i was at this time is just okay uh, it's so painful all right go on what was your number uh three three was my number i think i can make it work with three two is just uh, like, uh, not holy enough but three is yeah you can
2: you can fit you can easily fit four people in the same bed. That's fine. I may mean, just need to get a bigger bed. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> bigger house, bigger bed. How much bed. do you think? Um, uh, this, this is a question that has come in, but I'm going to I'm going to ask it now. Sure. How much do you think orgies happen? <laughs> okay. Like they must. I, I mean, I'm sure they okay this is all right okay for, for me they, okay this is what i think <laughs> okay i think they probably don't happen much but when this when a couple so when a couple we live in polygamy and decided to have a second wife sure there is a conversation between the man and his first wife of so we're getting another woman i don't
1: i don't think that happens man i think okay really but i I will get
2: okay i don't if if anyone's listening to this (laughs) please don't be offended because i'm just this is just a completely different world (laughs) i don't this is me trying to make sense of it
1: so here's what i think happens okay i don't think that they have orgies if you are living polygamy for the reasons why most people live polygamy aka the context of the AUB or the FLDS or whatever mormon polygamy okay. right mm-hmm. that's not like that's too that's too sinful like that's not pure that's not like that's a sexual act that's deviant you know what i mean yeah but chris um, I'm no, no, honestly, hold on i'm not i'm not, I'm not right done now. yet
2: okay i'm not okay. done yet okay
1: so that being said <laughs> i do think i'm i don't think that there's conversations happening but I do think the men and probably some of the women too, at the very least, think about it. hundred percent.
2: That's what I was going to say. Like, and that's I, all I'm going to say I'm, about it. <laughs> I know you and I know what you're like. If you had gone ahead with it, you would have thought about it.
1: A hundred percent. Oh, dude, I, I thought about when I was a kid. Exactly. <laughs> when, I, when I'm a, teen- okay, when I was a teenager, thinking about that I, that I was going to have multiple wives, of course that thought came through my head. Of course it did. Dude, I just... Dude, when
2: you said teenager, imagine you 13, like a character in Big Mouth, just like, dude, I'm going to have three wives, that's six titties. And just, like, like,
1: <laughs> Jeez. Yeah. Dude, my mom listens to this podcast, by the way.
2: <laughs> Sorry, Mrs. Jessup. <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> Kelly. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, next question. Yes. Christopher uh this is from a listener from oxfordshire in the uk okay uh, her name is freya mckinn and <laughs> okay. um she uh referred to back to one of your earlier episodes in episode five i believe okay um a question was given to you it was uh live in the woods with nothing but what you have on you oh name yeah. five people who you take with you <laughs> you named You, I mean that obviously referring to as your cousin. Yeah. Uh, Your dad, Trevor, your brother-in-law, and your friends Jack and Dan. Yes. Is that um? Is that everyone? Is that is that all your? Well, because he, he, I think
1: we were like talking about five people, right? (laughs) Yeah. So no one, no one else. You should have put in there. (laughs) (laughs) I'll be honest. If I were to pick you i would I would be babysitting <laughs> We'd be the whole time i, I would We'd be, be so I would be taking care <laughs> I would be taking care of me and I'd be taking care of you.
2: <laughs> think about the amount of writing we could get done <laughs>
1: <laughs> no, no, we're gonna be foraging for meals. that's what we're gonna be doing, and you
2: could go do that and I could just I could just work on the stuff we laughed at the night before and I'd be like, "Look
1: <laughs> no, you see this bit? No, I think we could actually work this into a skit, <laughs> <laughs> no man, like. Yeah. <laughs> so that particular guest and I have had that conversation in all its various forms, thousands of times, yeah. it feels like. You know, like, what is your ideal zombie apocalypse team? Right. We have those conversations. I, I think
2: every single male has had that conversation with his friends.
1: Oh, of course. Yeah. No, it's, I, it's I, a...
2: I do not know, a, I genuinely do not know a single male in my life who doesn't have a zombie apocalypse plan. <laughs> like everyone does
1: it's so great to know that everyone has at least some idea of a plan that way we're yeah. all have we all have this foundation to hopefully where we're not going to be you know world war yeah. z you know but
2: but also like Sh- Shaun of the dead came out when we were like 12 or well, actually we were, we were younger than that but we were, <laughs> so when we were 12 i remember all our plans were like all right Then we'll go to the white horse, have a pint, and wait for it all to blow blow over. over, And we were like 12 or 13. (laughs) We were just like, we'll probably have a pint.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's distinctly distinctly British. British. (laughs) Yeah, no, totally. Because with us, it's like, all right, what kind of guns are we going to have? you know it's like how many spikes am i gonna have to screw onto my rv you we know? always
2: said we always said all right so because there was some there's some like I, I live in a really small town so there's like farms surrounding it yeah we were like we need to make our way to a farm because the chances are if we're ever going to want to find a gun it's gonna be our chances are most likely a farm somewhere yeah yeah and so it was like all right we get us up to a farm but on the way we'll go there have a pint and then like, it was like, oh, this is good. we like, were like, no, we'll be around. We could go to the White Horse. We'll get a pint there. Then we'll go a bit further. We might as well stop off at the Penny Black. And
1: like, it was like... Okay, so here's something that I'm curious about because I don't know uh, the exact details. Who is allowed to have guns in England?
2: No one. Well, I mean, not no one. I mean, so the... All right, so some police are. Some police. Are special police that we bring in yeah normal police aren't okay and so it's it's so um so uh my friend our friend from um from china our friend richard yeah his brother um, he won't mind me saying his first name his um his older brother it works for the police okay and um he's like the, just the gun police finishes... yeah well he was just normal police and he's just finished um, basically getting into now he's like this a, a gun spe- he, i can't remember what the word is firearms something so Orange. now he's trained on so if something was to kick off then they would bring him in but okay so other than that so so um that and basically farmers like but they need a, a license again the guns are heavily illegal here so like farmers are but again you need a license for it. and i from what i hear licenses really aren't easy to get
1: um so you need like a lot of and justification like, and reason yeah, and training yeah, no, and all that stuff. Um, it's a pretty like stringent vetting process, right?
2: Oh yeah. Well, again, it's just also one of these things where it's like
1: no one here is trying to get a gun.
2: You, you know, it's just like it's not. I'll be really... honest. I'll
1: be honest. I don't know what you're saying right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's just. It, it, it's
2: the thing. It's um.
1: I was speaking to uh, one of my uh, friends from
2: America, Kathleen, who. She, she has guns and she grew up in a military family. Guns were just a part of, you know, same as you, just guns yeah. were just like a part of, they're just of around. Yeah. We're. Yeah. And, um, she'd never been to England, but she said that, um, it's when I just met her, she was just kind of like, so wait, you're telling me that if, if I brought my gun to England, she was kind of like, so I can't take my gun to England. And we were like, no, she was like, what would happen? Like, would they take it off me? We're like, no, you'd be arrested, like, <laughs> thrown into prison. Like you would go no, to jail. Like, <laughs> Yeah, you would go to jail, like from the airport to jail, and you no, know, you can't bring a gun. <laughs> like, <laughs> what, we were just like, "What a ridiculous thing to ask!" Like, no,
1: you can't bring a gun. That's so yeah, no. <laughs> yeah, no, that's, that's it's crazy because again, then
2: like, um, like it's obviously it's it's just a lot more casual for you, but like, if I'm anywhere and I see a gun, I kind of feel myself tense up because it's just something I'm not used to seeing. Sure, like if I'm if I'm in an airport, you don't really see gun like. Airports in England, you don't see guns, like, by the security. Sure. I swear, you, I rarely ever. But like, sometimes I'll go somewhere like Turkey, or obviously like America and that, and just seeing people with guns on them, it just freaks me out. Because it's just like, I'm just not, like, I I, can't, I remember as a kid just like staring at him, being like, because <laughs> like, you fantasize about guns, but especially when you're a kid, especially in England where they're just not real. You know what I mean?
1: Oh yeah, because like, it's like, it's the the wanting what you can't have idea, right? Yeah, or like something people, like that yeah
2: boys are boys are boisterous and they play fight a lot and, and girls are girls Chris yeah 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 but like <laughs> but you know you b- you pretend to shoot each other like on the playground okay so here's a, so, so
1: here's a question how illegal are finger guns like finger pistols like <laughs> like do they do you get in trouble okay, at school for that So
2: so so finger guns are allowed finger <laughs> banging is frowned upon
1: okay we'll move on to the next question <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah <laughs> All right. Okay. So move on to the next question. All right. We've had, um, again, uh, this person just didn't put their name, but they mentioned about your theme song said, Hey, Chris, uh, big fan of the podcast. Uh, I'm also a very big fan of the theme song. I can't seem to get out of my head. Oh, Where, sweet. Who did that song? That's a good question. Cause I don't think. that's Yeah.
1: A yeah. So, um, uh, my first cousin once removed on my mother's side, uh, his mm-hmm. name is Aaron. Um, he is a lead guitarist in a few tribute bands. He, the, the guy is just the coolest man. Like he, his day job is building guitars. His weekend gig, well, I mean, pre COVID was like doing shows, like rock and roll shows with his tribute bands. Okay, I'm
2: gonna stop you right there. <laughs> try and think of a cooler job than that. Like, right? Just try,
1: dude. I know. Right? Like that's the coolest I, I, thing. <laughs> And then in the evenings if he wants just an extra side hustle he does guitar lessons so this guy like eats sleeps and breathes rock and roll and he's not like there is
2: no way he doesn't get laid like constantly. just imagine a just like oh well... like, in my day job i make guitars in my second job i just <laughs> <laughs>
1: he's <laughs> he's happily married and they are wonderful they're the coolest they're the coolest folks uh, we recorded an episode together, and unfortunately, his side of the recording—this is before I had the setup that I do now—and um, mm. the file that he sent me ended up getting corrupted. So we're trying to reschedule a new, oh, a new recording yeah, session. Yeah, so I mean, it just kind of comes with the with the territory sometimes, you know, where where things kind of just mm-hmm. have technical difficulties and stuff. But um, I'm very anxious to get him sitting down. But he, I reached out to him and I said, "Hey, like, I'm trying to get this podcast together and." it doesn't make sense not to have some sort of like introduction. And I just kind of like was really nebulous and pretty vague. And I kind of gave him yeah. an idea of what I was kind of going for with polygamy, polygonometry, like this kind of math thing. Um, and then he sent me like, I sent him that idea and I said, Hey, can you do this? And he immediately responded and he was like, absolutely whatever you need. Like I'm on it. And I said like, hey, like, what kind of stuff I, like I can pay you and stuff. And he's like, no, 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 not a, not at all. No, Dude. all I want is like some some credit. So this is like a huge shout out for for my uncle. I, he's my first cousin once removed, but I call him Uncle Aaron just because that's kind of the type of relationship does that we he have, have. a
2: SoundCloud? Can we give him a shout out?
1: <laughs> um, like that? He has won awards for his music, um, which I'm gonna I'm gonna leave that that stuff that whole thing with how he does stuff okay. for his episode because I think it'll just come better from him. Um, but essentially, he got it, it done. It kind
2: of sounds like you're hinting that your your cousin is or your uncle is Kanye West. Like, <laughs> <certainly>. <laughs> <It's
1: just> like... <laughs> yeah, no, um, he he's not like I, I don't I haven't seen him uh, winning any Grammys um, yet. No, but, but... Um, he has he's you know he's written jingles for like mattress commercials and stuff. Like he's he's just I'm kind awesome. of a he's a musical dude, and so he he cranked it out, sent me a, a, a track. Which was the same music and everything as you hear on the show every yeah. week. but the the stuff that you hear now um is slightly different from what he first sent me. The lyrics were a little bit different, and they didn't really mm-hmm. line up with exactly what I wanted. And so we kind of yeah. knocked our heads together to come up with some better lyrics. and that's what came of the show. And like i I've listened to that section, like my intro or his intro music for my show thousands of times it feels like just with editing and, and all that stuff and yeah, yeah. every single time i jam out because it's such a catchy tune and
2: well i was gonna say like uh, well first off how, like when you first when he first sent it you yeah how often were you listening to that just i listened. Kind of like, i can't believe this is my oh, this so, is gonna be my theme song
1: yeah so i was driving um <laughs> i was on a pretty pretty long drive and he sent it to me and i and i was able to listen to it through my bluetooth headphones and stuff Mm -hmm. and i played it on repeat for i think two and a half hours straight because i was like really trying to listen to all the various parts of the music like the bass line the drums like the lead guitar Mm -hmm. the vocals the backup vocals like everything was just kind of coming into my head a little bit and i was like this is so rad this is so cool and i got so excited and i
2: find myself every now and again i'll find myself kind of like nodding my head and go
1: probably need a phd
2: <laughs> yeah man and that's i
1: mean that's just a testament to how awesomely talented he is and how much he cares and and everything and i i, I honestly like can't begin to even articulate how much i appreciate him like he's he's such an awesome dude and i'm so so yeah, stoked to have him on the show and it sounds in the future. wicked man yeah
2: he sounds so cool um yeah because i remember when i because obviously you'd been uh Talking to me about this podcast before you did it of mm-hmm. um, the kind of um lead up to it. Yeah. And then when you released the first episode, I didn't know about like that theme song, but I but then I saw, okay, how he's posted he's posted his first one. And then I heard it and I was like kind of blown away that how professional it sounded. Yeah. And yeah. so because of that, my immediate thought went to how the hell did he find a song that had that was also called that had the <laughs> So
1: you it? thought that but I just found of one that was already produced?
2: Oh, I didn't know about this. Song. I didn't know about like all this. I just sort of automatically assumed that, oh, he's found this song and somehow. like It worked. The and then I asked, it, and then, then I called you and I was like, dude, what's that song that he told me? And I was just like.
1: Dude, yeah. Yeah, man. Like he, he's the best. He's the best there is, you know, and I'm, I'm unbelievably fortunate to have him be a part of the squad and part of the team to kind of get this thing off the ground for sure.
2: Yeah, no, in terms of a jingle, it's just, it's brilliant. It's, it's, it's amazing. Um, and
1: so he, yeah, he wrote, he wrote the leads, he wrote the lead song, the little, uh, down tempo that you hear right before the episode starts and the mm-hmm. guitar at the end of the episode, he wrote all of it. So the dude's a beast.
2: Mm. Um, okay. So i got another joke for you. <laughs> all right. You all right. Let's hear it. This one. All right. <laughs> this one's actually pretty good. Why did the Mormon cross the road?
1: to go knock on a door
2: to get to the other bride oh jesus
1: christ that one sucks that's at... good no it's not <laughs> that no that's not good bad. at all no because <laughs> just because bride rhymes with side that doesn't make it a good joke
2: Oh it was it's it's
1: it's light it's fun. Uh, okay. I'm not saying that it's not light and and kind of <laughs> lighthearted, but in terms of like quality of writing in my opinion that needs a little bit of workshopping. Like you need a you need a few more times on stage to see where the laugh is with that one. Okay. <laughs>
0: <There's a
1: laughs> to get to the here, other bride. Cuz the okay, so before you move on, like the the th- the way that you would have to tell that joke is you would have to be like to get to the other bride uh, like you have to really hit the bride part in order for people to get it.
2: Um, all right, I'm going to read another joke because I like this one because it has to do with dyslexic people, and if that might probably explain my very poor reading to some of the questions. Okay, <laughs> I am very dyslexic. Okay. All right.
1: the
2: <laughs> The dyslexic drug addict became a Mormon when he got hooked on, LS, on LDS. <laughs> okay. Bada-bing. Even I like, butchered the last little bit. <laughs>
1: yeah, you did. You definitely put the cart before oh, the horse sh- on that one. Yeah. Shut up. No, that's um, uh yeah, you missed the gap.
2: Even gonna acknowledge that with a response. <laughs> um, <laughs> why do Mormons get away with murder? Because they all share DNA. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that one's decent. That one's mm. decent. Alright, that one's pretty good. Okay, um, So, um, I think you've, I think you answered this question with your dad, but what, what's the most offensive thing you've had kind of say, been said to you,
1: like in regards to about
2: in in regards to your upbringing in regards to being part of all that stuff. I don't mean like personally, like, yes, the most,
1: most offensive thing I've ever heard or most offensive thing that's been said to me
2: said to you like someone kind of attacking you uh, oh because of your background
1: okay um i got called (laughs) this is so stupid um i got into uh some some beef online Um, really oh yeah yeah it was was facebook circa 2009 (laughs) i've heard of that (laughs) um yeah no there was this kid at my school who was saying stuff and I felt like I needed to say something back. And he ended up calling me a, <laughs> like looking back on it, it's actually like pretty good. Um, <laughs> as, as far as like comedic value with like an insult, like it made me laugh. Um, afterward, like in the moment, it really, yeah. it really yeah. made me angry. Um, but looking Definitely. back on it now, just because I was like, oh dude, why would I, why was I so upset about it? But he called me a fucked up inbred squirrel. <laughs> yeah (laughs) and I was like well yeah I mean it makes sense I guess Um, he just he, he went in hard
2: with the you fucked up inbred didn't know how to end it
1: no as far as Look, saw the first thing. okay so as far as comedically the rule of three is like fucked up inbred that's a solid yeah. two that's a solid two and the third one usually means that you have to like you know either bring it up or bring it down for comedic value yeah and he definitely uh, brought it he brought it down to squirrel and that's just funny like fucked that's up funnier fucked that's up inbred than squirrel <laughs> yeah
2: no that is if you're if you're listening to this um, he's not. Guy. <laughs> I don't know, he's definitely not. But if 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 you ever do, I keep forgetting that we're recording <laughs> and that we're so oh. to talking to you.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, Chris. So 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 prior to prior to this podcast, um, last week when me and Chris spoke uh he said that he was going to put a sign behind him on his wall that just said stay on track (laughs) because of how much we just usually just go off the rails and it was just like we need to remind ourselves to (laughs) what are we doing
1: yeah exactly no so yeah i want to and yeah if whoever is listening i hope that if you want to be on the show reach out like that would be great and just know that i'm just want to just chat
2: that's why you bring in an atheist who never experienced polygamy ever for the yeah. Q&A episode. Yeah,
1: and <laughs> and you're in England, and that is that is so... Exotic. Exotic, yeah. No, like, <laughs> the fact that you have an accent, like, <laughs> quite literally, there are a bit, like, when I, like, have, like, said on the intros, like, yeah, my yeah. friend, a listener from England is going to be on the show. Like, people have reached out and be like, so does he have an accent? <laughs> it's no. like no it's 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 tom holland aka peter parker doing a queen's yeah. accent well, and that's the that's what well it's that's the be. thing because
2: i to me i like i don't have in regards of england i don't have an accent like i'm my right. accent is the most boring yeah in england i'm just it's boring i've got like nothing it's just standard it's just english i mean it's southern but like it, that's just kind of Yeah, i mean regarding of how small england is the amount of accents that we have
1: well yeah you guys can go like 17 miles away and the accent changes. i think yeah there's what
2: it is yeah i think i think if i'm not mistaken i mean someone probably call me out on this but i swear i saw a thing it was like 17 miles the accent changes that's so wild like nothing at all again so like there's say birmingham which is like less than an hour away from where i live could not sound more different for me like they all sound like aussie osborne but that's because that's where Ozzy Osbourne's from. That's what they sound like. Like yeah. they just, it, and and then it's it, it's worlds apart from what I sound that's like.
1: That's so wild. But, um, that's cool though.
2: Yeah. It's kind of cool. It keeps things fresh, but.
1: It's like the perfect size. It's like the perfect size geographically to have enough differentiation in the dialects just because of how small it is. But if it was too small, then everyone would have the same accent. Well, it's, like, in that weird, so, um, like, Goldilocks um, zone of, of accents. Yeah,
2: so um, I've got um, two really close friends of ours from China sure. who live up in, in Yorkshire. Yorkshire. It's about a three-hour drive. Yorkshire, like John Snor. And <laughs> that's that's about a three-hour drive for us, which, first off, in England, a three-hour drive is ridiculous. Like That's, that's so, so That's another thing. And
1: away. I don't want to get too far in, down this rabbit hole, but I do want to say something. <laughs> like, for... For someone like me who grew up in Montana, Montana is the size of England. Or close to it, right? That's crazy. Now now I'm going I to think, now yeah, I now like Okay, now I have to look it up. Damn it. Okay. <laughs> size of England We will
2: get back to polygamy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> compared to Montana. Okay. Size of England compared Oh, okay. So yeah. <laughs> oh dude montana is about 1.6 times bigger than the uk (laughs) so it's a uk and a half it's not
2: the size that matters it's what you do with it okay if i think the british empire have proved anything
1: (laughs) (laughs) so it's it's a one yeah just over one and a half times of the bigger bigger than the uk so it's like a ukk So yeah, right. so when when I think of like oh yeah, that's a three hour drive, and that being like so far for you, I'm like, dude, that's yeah, like that's, that's, such that's a, like that's such a long dude, time. that's like going to Polson, that's like going to Flathead yeah, well.
2: Lake. That's ah, so Head weird, like the
1: Windy City. Okay, so um, far. So here's a question though. One last thing before <laughs> before we move on. Uh, how f- what's the shortest distance that you would drive for you to get a hotel to stay the night?
2: Um, that's But a bit of a, do
1: you see what I'm saying, though?
2: Well, can't, uh, uh, yeah, okay. What's so, the alright, minimum alright, amount
1: alright. to where you would for sure get a hotel to stay the night because of the drive?
2: Like, I wouldn't. I would not commute back.
1: Yes, probably about three hours.
2: Maybe about maybe two and a half. Like, I might be like, well, I might as well stay there. But three hours, especially, I, I would never go there and then come back in in a day. A three-hour drive, that six hours driving. That's, that's ridiculous. Who that?
1: That's ridiculous. Who the hell does that? That's <laughs> insane. Dude, that's like, that's whatever. That, for a Montanan, that's that's- for a Montanan especially. Okay. So specifically in Eastern Montana, dude, like a six hour drive is like one way for a sporting event and then coming back.
2: You're ridiculous. That's just stupid. Yeah, man. Like it's just whatever. Stupid country. (laughs) 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 It's so dumb. All right, get back to the point. Okay, sorry. This is why we needed the sign saying stay on task. Okay, all right, okay. Okay, we'll get back. We'll get back. Sorry. So my friends who live about three hours, maybe just over away, I realized last time I was driving up there in that three hour journey. I think we drove through about at least four or five different accents. (laughs)
1: That's so wild. That's yeah, so and crazy I, like
2: you're just seeing signs for like Manchester and like Birmingham and stuff and, and yeah it's just like and all of them sound different and I remember kind of driving like you know when I'm driving and then seeing the signs like come off here in my head kind of in <laughs> that like if I just turn off there and went to the first McDonald's or you know service station or whatever like, I know what they will sound like <laughs> and that's why I'm going to carry on to the next one because I don't want to hear that yeah, like, oh
1: because oh, you worry. have a preference in which accents you want to hear
2: there is huge preference in accents in England. What's there your, what's your, other
1: than your own? What's your favorite accent in England?
2: Irish. I mean, that's not England, but
1: whoa, whoa, England, whoa, whoa! You England, better be careful there, boy.
2: Well, yeah, no, okay. I thought <laughs> kind of meant like. Close. All right, um, in in England, my favorite accent is probably East London. Um, I don't like London accents. They're just a bit too. And a Cockney accents are fun. All right. Which ones are the most funny? I can say my favorite accents though. are kind of, are kind of hard. I, 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 I like people from, I like the Cockney accent because it's funny. Sure. It's cheeky.
1: That's like the Southern um, accent in the U S
2: yeah. 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 Um, other than that, I'm not like a huge fan. Welsh accents. Great. But again, that's not England. That's the UK. If we count in the UK. Sure. Sure. And the Scottish accents hilarious as well. Um,
1: So one, okay, before we get back to the whole point of this podcast episode, (laughs) I have one last question. All right, shoot. When did you realize that England is the America of Europe?
2: We've always been very aware. (laughs) Um, It's ingrained in us, like, the thing about England, right, is that we... The weather is terrible mm-hmm. almost all the time. Yep. Summer, we, we have a week in summer. We, we have a week that we call summer, shall I say, mm-hmm. and then that's it. Um, it's not great. Um, we never usually do amazing, like in the World Cup as well, like football, we should be incredible at. This is English football, soccer, actual <laughs> football, football we're talking about. Soccer. We should be a lot better than we are. Soccer. Were terrible. It's um, soccer. No.
1: It's definitely soccer. No. Yeah, it's soccer. Foot- okay, oh. anyway, anyway, anyway. <sighs>
2: it's your podcast. I feel like I should just be like, oh, right.
1: No, this is what... The, okay, <laughs> we talked about variety and how we want to introduce variety to the podcast. This is that variety. <laughs> Continue soccer.
2: We've lost so many listeners at this point. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. Um, um, yeah, so, and, and, so we have a thing called the Eurovision Song Contest, which... Um, I don't know if you heard, I, like I, not many Americans knew about it until recently because there's a film, is a Will Ferrell film. Oh, yeah. It's it mm-hmm. on Netflix, yeah, yeah. yeah. So the Eurovision Song Contest is basically, it's all the countries in Europe, it's a big singing contest, but now Australia are in it and there's a few, few other countries that aren't actually in Europe that we've kind of been like, all right.
1: Um, well, yeah, because Australia it, is basically England's Hawaii, so.
2: Pretty, I mean, pretty much, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Uh, Anyway, so they, um, so we have a, so it's all the countries in Europe. They put forward uh, a musical act and all the other countries vote on
1: who has the best, on
2: who won. Yeah, yeah. And it's all life. So every country in Europe is watching it at the same time. Sure. um, And everyone's voting in and everything. And then basically they say who won. And England, we used to do really well in like the 70s and we haven't won for about, for years, I mean, it might be about 20, 25 years. So we've ne- we've never even placed like anywhere, and it's basically. And sometimes our musical acts they are pretty shite, but <laughs> they, they it's kind of the point. But I don't watch the musical acts, but I watch it every year. I like watching the amount of points that the other countries give each other because that's always political. It's like Germany will always give a suspicious amount of points to Poland. <laughs> it's, it's kind of like it's things like that. Like, <laughs> that's incredible yeah it's it's always things like that it's always like, <laughs> like um, it, it's like it's like France don't receive any points from us and Italy and <laughs> but bo- actually most of Europe but we, we receive like pretty much nothing but we kind of do the thing that we give Ireland we usually give Ireland quite a lot of points because we're kind of like come on we're like and they give us nothing oh, of course <laughs> like, <laughs> so. oh that's
1: incredible
2: we're always aware like we're just that that's the thing american patriotism like is just it's so that it's so fascinating to me because it's just something we're not we, we just it's not built in us at all to kind of be like oh man we are number one we're like we're like oh we're probably like sixth also, so <laughs> we're okay with that. Like no <laughs> if, i think yeah no if we're lucky
1: that that whole idea is part or i don't know i guess you can chalk it up to like american optimism but taken too far. (laughs) It really shows in our comedies. If you watch like comedy shows,
2: like English comedy versus American comedy, that sort of mentality is like, it's if you watch the English office and the American office, it just that whole kind of like thing in you. It's just like, we're just not great. Like everything in England is just a bit shit. And we're a bit shit, and we're just—we're not <laughs> we're not really much. It really shows because it's just like that's just how it is here, you know. Yeah. But we all just kind of accept it.
1: Like, I hope you we're know, sorry. by the way, I hope you know that like you are providing so many listeners who have never really interacted with someone from England a really <laughs> interesting perspective on what it's like to be English.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's not very good. I yeah. Mean, it's- <laughs> Okay, all right, so let's get back I mean, to the... Okay. No, no, now, it's probably easier to be English nowadays than it is to be American, I will say that. Okay,
1: fair enough, I'll give you that one. But, we can, okay, okay, let's okay. get Let's back, right. get back to the okay. question. <laughs> let's get back. Because that was that like 12 minutes of, now. yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah.
2: All right. Um, okay, so, uh, temple garments.
1: Was that the question? <laughs> that is the question. Temple garments, question mark. Okay, uh, so... They are. So known... this is
2: something I've heard about. Okay, uh, you've mentioned it mm-hmm. in the podcast, and I didn't think it was real. Okay, I still don't really. They are real. Kind of like, there's that's not no
1: way. They they are real, one hundred percent.
2: So ex- explain temple garments.
1: Okay, again, these are all elevator pitches, quick. Yep. Like, and okay, so if there has been any question that you feel like I haven't given enough justice to or didn't explain thoroughly enough, mm-hmm. the caveat that I want to say is, like, Google it, like, look for your own answers. If I'm off, like, tell me. I want to be right about stuff. When in I regards to, to this Wikipedia specific thing.
2: Well, the page of pet right now, but I want to hear you say it.
1: Okay, so then you'll be able to... <laughs> yeah, you'll be able to fact check me. Okay, so... So, right. uh, back in the day, um, garments were kind of introduced as this... It's a symbolic representation of the covenants that you make with God when you get mm-hmm. married or when you start to go on your mission. Um, in the AUB, okay. since we don't have missionary work in the AUB, um, it's specifically for when you get married. But in the mainstream LSD church, <laughs> uh, sweet, <laughs> they, uh, Mormon missionaries uh, get them before they go on their mission. Um, okay. but it's, they have been, they have changed a ton since the beginning. So in the beginning, uh, they were wrist length and ankle length. Um, it was basically a, a, satin, very nice material, very well made, um, jumpsuit where you had like ties in the front and you had various symbols at, or embroidered into like various parts of the chest and the stomach and the knee. And I mean, all of that has its own sim- symbolism, which I don't need to get into, Essentially, what it represents is you keeping your promises with God and uh, using it as a symbolic, sometimes literal, um, barrier against temptation and Satan's, Satan's work. So you can kind of think of it like this. It's kind of talked about as this armor that you have against Satan because you are, it's a reminder to keep your covenants, and if you keep your covenants, then Satan can't tempt you. Um, so that's how they kind of draw the logic between, you know, a temple garment and armor. And uh, if you want to get my mom really riled up, <laughs> you get her a glass of wine and you start talking about temple garments. It's actually really interesting.
2: I re- she's, I think both her and and your dad and their podcast mentioned about temple garments. That's why I wanted to bring it up because... I was like, what are they talking about? Because <laughs> yeah, is it as no. bad as I think it is? And I'm going to say, if, if if you're listening and you don't, like me, didn't know what they were, Google them and look at the picture. And w- when you think temple garments, what's in your head is probably exactly what you picture. Because I got the yeah. picture up right now, and it's almost exactly what I thought it was going to look like.
1: Yeah, so in the AUB, they still have the wrist length and ankle length garments. But in mainstream Mormon church, they have uh, a little bit more of, like, a tank top and kind of, like, boxer shorts-ish type of thing. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's just been modernized because, I mean, when you, uh, like I go back to earlier, like, we in the AUB are pretty blue-collar folks. A lot of, you know, hard yeah. labor jobs. They're framing houses, like, I framed houses, like, you know what I mean? So yeah. there's, there's a ton of that. But then when you are true and faithful and you're on a roof laying shingles in July Mm. and you're wearing a jumpsuit underneath that is wrist length and ankle length. And it needs to be covered by the way. So you're wearing long sleeve undergarment, long sleeve overgarment, long pants and everything else. And I like, there's a very distinct visceral, intense connection in my brain to polygamist men and sweat. Like that's, that's just a thing in my brain for some reason oh, because of that yeah. but apparently
2: yeah. um apparently temple garments are sometimes derided as magic underwear by yeah non-Mormons. so <laughs> yeah so
1: non-mormons call it like the magic mormon underwear or the, what i like to call them the jesus jammies i think that's great yeah that's yeah i think that's hilarious but
2: well you you were telling me about how you would have to like Keep them on whilst you're getting changed.
1: Okay, so yeah, that part is if you want to take it like pretty hard-nosed oh, type okay. of type right. of thing. Um, not a lot of people did that, but I've heard that if yeah. you truly, truly are in super intense about that belief, um, mm-hmm. then you take off half, like you, you slip out your left arm and your left leg while still keeping on yeah. your right arm and your right leg, and then you get into your new set With your left arm and then you take off the right side and then you jump in. So you're never not, it's like never nude, right? The only time you take them um, off is if you shower. So do you still wear them when you are married? Yes. Okay. So then how
2: do you have sex? That's the obvious question. I'm going to ask it.
1: Sure. Um, I don't know (laughs) because I've never worn them. I've never been given them. I haven't made those covenants with God and I don't plan to, um, and if oh, go on and It'll if there's a laugh. <laughs> for a laugh like get co- back for converted like dude yeah. it won't be able to cover my tattoos like i can't um yeah know this podcast <laughs> no uh I'll, I'll have to ask my parents that one <laughs> mm. um but
2: please do we'll, we'll be listening with a keen ear <laughs>
1: yeah i they make it work well, I, that's all i can say yeah
2: um so this is a question actually I asked you the other night and I thought it'd be interesting to ask you again now because um it is an interesting topic um when you um what age were you where were you when you think you were the most in the religion like just you and everything and in your mind and everything you, you were the most um what, what, I don't know what the right word is hmm indoctrinated or just it's just so in it like what what were you what age were you probably
1: I would say probably nine ten years old
2: about nine ten years old
1: and then yeah nine ten eleven and then when I was twelve oh actually yeah nine ten eleven twelve that's when the, those four years yeah that's when I was most tense because you get baptized at eight right as okay. soon as you turn eight, the next Sunday or the next time is available for the baptismal mm-hmm. font, you just get in the pool and you get dunked, right? Um, well, it's not a pool. It's a font. There's a difference. You want to make sure there's a difference, whatever. But um, <clears throat> yeah, so after you get dunked at eight years old, um, like a chicken nugget, bloop, <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, you it's weird because like I have this weird, it's not just me, but I've exp- like when I got baptized I didn't feel like that you know holy or like exalted or, or whatever no like I didn't feel like I was well, kind, really,
2: you know, kind of like on your birthday when it's like I don't feel like a 14 year old exactly so like that, that's the that, yeah, dude yeah.
1: that's so perfect that's the best way to describe it like oh how does it feel to be 14 it's like it feels it's like, like exactly the same like yeah, yesterday yeah. I was 13 so you know yeah yeah uh-huh. um it's the same kind of thing and so I I didn't really feel like I was really you know taking it as the way that it, I was always told I should take it, if that makes sense.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: wasn't feeling how I was told I should be feeling.
2: Did you feel like you were supposed to like, after that would happen, you'd kind of feel yeah. God or you'd feel, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah. That's what I thought would happen. And it just didn't. And I didn't really ask anybody about it because I didn't feel like it was, you know, super important. It was just kind of like, well, it'll happen, you know, like God works in mysterious ways. Like, that's what I was telling myself mm-hmm. at eight years old, like eight, like, like, eight years old. crazy. Um, and then after a year, two years, I was like, you know, I was all about it. That's yeah. You know, and that's when, um, the hormone monster is kind of creeping up in the background. Yeah. Right. Um, but yeah, that's like when it started to kind of become more of a thing and I was excited by the idea of having more than one wife, not in a sexual Mm. way, not until later, but, um, but <laughs> like, yeah, like I didn't, I didn't feel like I was wrong. I felt like this is the way it is and I'm comfortable and yeah. it's cool. I was excited by it and, and that kind of thing. But then, yeah, things started to change when I was 12, 13 years old and, um, and yeah, it just stopped.
2: Okay. So, yeah. okay. So about when you said like the age is like 10, 11, 12, that was around the age I was when I discovered the word atheism and mm. I was able to put a word to me because oh, I no, an association, I I... okay?
1: Yeah, not like it's yeah, a, it's a never place knew... where you
2: can go for meetings, well, but no, like I... a thing that you can self identify it... with. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, like suddenly it was, it was, it was, I was around, I was, I don't know it was somewhere between 10 and 12 where I discovered the word I think it was my dad that told me he was he was the one that said I'm an atheist and I was he said I don't believe in God and I was like oh so that means that I because I always knew that I didn't believe in God it was it was always like but but suddenly there was like a word that was like I'm that and it was like you kind of like identified and like definitely at that age I grabbed on it and I was like I'm an atheist because it was just like it was some sort of identity, I guess, at the time. And at the time, yeah, I was like yeah. a really big grunger kid. And I was really into like, you know, like Metallica and Slipknot. And I was a metal guy and everything. So my question to you is um, that, so if we'd met each other at 11 or 12, yeah, do you think we would have been friends? No, not at all. You don't think so?
1: Not at all. Not not whatsoever. You were the devil, dude. You're listening to rock music. You have black on your fingernails and you're a boy? What?
2: yeah but uh, yeah, yeah all right. you were wearing I did,
1: I did, eyeliner and shit <laughs> i was wearing eyeliner yeah you're wearing eyeliner you're dying so you're, you're
2: dying <laughs> i was so
1: sexy i peaked early <laughs> <laughs> makes me feel so uncomfortable um <laughs> but like yeah you're dying your hair red you're wearing a black yeah. shirt and a red tie like you're listening yeah. to green day dude that's hardcore yeah <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what green day green day was too pop for me actually no i liked
2: old green day as soon as they brought out american idiot i thought they were too pop because i was oh, at that time i was into like slipknot and, and then,
1: that's like... and that's the reason why i wouldn't have been friends with you i'm, I'm still wondering why i'm still <laughs> friends with you because of that <laughs> there's plenty of, no no because this thing cause like personality wise we
2: click like sure yeah th- there's there's no question behind it but obviously at the time you were just so into this religion And I was again. I finally found a word that I was like, that that's me. Like I now have like a thing that I am. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah. Um,
1: I got you. A self identifier.
2: I would. Yeah, but we would have we would have argued a a lot. No,
1: I don't think we would have argued because I would have avoided you because you were the literal embodiment of everything that goes wrong (laughs) with not being a part of a religion. Like if I were to see you, okay, so if, if 12 year old Fraser and 12 year old Chris were to like cross paths, I would have looked at you and I would have been, he's on drugs. 100%. 100%. (laughs) He's on that devil's lettuce and no, he probably drinks beer. He probably, he probably looks at pornography.
2: Okay. But except that if you're in, if you, if you grew up in England the the beer fear would have just not existed because well and if you would have <laughs> <laughs> you would have grown that up in the AUB it would be been different. on yeah
1: yeah I yeah, know it's so cool how mm. alcoholism is like part of your culture
2: <sighs> yeah <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay it's just normal I mean that was the thing like when you came to like when you came to England it was like if we had like a spare like five ten minutes like between something I'd be like all right let's go get a pint it was like if we like if we got to something like we went to Stonehenge and then straight after I was like right we need a pint, and it was just like that's just what we do now like dude in Stonehenge now we're gonna
1: have a beer. Stonehenge by the way is so enigmatic in my brain because it's like it's off to the side of the road like <laughs> it is on the side
2: of the road it is on the side it's it's literally like, it's not
1: like this big thing where it's like oh that's it. where it is it's like it's like <laughs> for the people yep. who are probably listening to this episode. I'm gonna say something really, like really, really quick. It's like, it's like Travelers Rest, okay? Yeah. Travelers Rest is a place where Lewis and Clark stayed. It's right next to Lolo. It's right there, and you're just like, oh, that's that's where it is. It's like right off the side of the road. That's cool, right? The
2: first time I saw it when I was a kid, we were just driving past it. And my dad was like, oh, look, there's Stonehenge.
1: Yeah. That was the first time
2: I ever saw it. We didn't go to it. We were just driving past, and I was like, oh, it's just there. Yeah. Like, it's just right. It's
1: off the side yeah. of the road in some random yeah, field. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so but that was that was super cool i, I really liked going to stonehenge because that was that was badass it was awesome with was the museum badass. and stuff there
2: right okay let me get to more mormon stuff all right you want to hear another mormon joke no all right fine i won't you're gonna hear it okay what's this one <laughs> um no nah, they're not that good <laughs> um okay <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm That's am with them, <laughs> I'm <dumb of> them. <laughs> okay. um what was I about to say? There was it was um there was another question I was about to ask and I is completely gone from
1: Uh-oh. Don't do this to me now. I apologize for the delay. Are you back?
2: Oh, okay, you're back, you're back. Okay, I think I lost you for a second. Yep. No, it's okay. Cuz you you didn't laugh at that hilarious joke. Oh, and it's pretty uh, good. That This one's good. I'm going to read it to you again. Okay. Joseph Smith sold so many copies of the Book of Mormon that they made him a prophet. Oh,
1: my God. That's somewhat clever. I would say that that is, it's not so dad joke, but it's close. Oh, these are all dad jokes. Yeah. I mean, it's better than mom jokes. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, yeah. (laughs) But anyway. But yeah, no, dude. So, um, that's um, that's the questions.
1: That's it. That's I think that awesome. I
2: think I think we fired through all of them. Um, dude, that's. I've got a couple of it like, around, but I think we plowed through all of them.
1: Dude, that was that incredible. Those were good questions, actually. Yeah, there were some great questions in there. Good, some good banter. Oh, we some good banter. <laughs>